Hello and welcome to the Four with the Sun Mama Moo podcast. If you're here for the first time, then how cool is that? Yes! Uh, Hello and welcome. (laughs) And if you're now a regular listener, then, you know, hey boo, uh, you plus me equals we. And we go together now, so just accept it. And whether you're a a new or an old friend of the pod now, I just want to say thank you for listening. Hopefully you've had a wonderful holiday season and entered the new year 2022 with your head up. And if it isn't, you know, the best right now, uh, I hope this next hour or so kind of brings you some comfort and joy, uh, if only for a little bit. So, yo, there's a lot that's happened in the last few weeks since the last episode of the pod. You know, we say this all the time, but Mama Moo is composed of four soloists and the group itself. (laughs) Basically, you know, we're standing five, one, two, three, four, five artists simultaneously. And now I think we really feel it. We feel it in our hearts, but we also feel it in our pocketbooks. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but my wallet is fighting for its life. Oh my gosh. Between uh, Wasa comebacks, um... Uh, in what back in November, um, Moonbill come back recently, and we didn't come back uh, both in the month of uh, January. We had the season's greetings. We had all kinds of stuff going on, but like back to back to back to back. And uh, we now know, you know, probably Solar is going to come right behind it, and then hopefully, you know, if we can, even though. I don't know. I hope there's a, a Mama Moo, like a full group Mama Moo comeback sometime later, maybe in the spring or early summer. That would be my guess. But I doubt it because I feel like in recent comments they've been saying that they're going to be um, focusing in on solos. So one theory right now is that there's going to be some subunits maybe uh, toward the, you know, the half and the back end of um, 2022. So you know, regardless, you know, there's, there's also birthday merch, there's online and offline fan signs, there's, you know, they had a movie in movie theaters. I mean, it's just a lot. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not that I'm complaining. I am not complaining. Um, and just when you think you've survived, right, the wallet gauntlet uh, of all of that activity and to have like just a few coins, right, to hold on to, then like shipping and handling comes out of nowhere, like a ninja in the darkness. And they like throws like a, an air dart into your neck. And it's called, you know, the, it has a label called uh, UPS and DHL. <laughs> Moomoos, are you okay? Um, you know, this is a safe space. Shh, it's okay. You know, lay your head on my bosom in a, in a non-creepy way. Um, it's okay. It's okay. You know, your wallet, it'll be okay. Don't cry, baby. (laughs) I put like a few solarisms in there. Uh, if you caught it, you caught it. Um, anyways, I got off on a tangent, but I just want to say the message is clear. There's, there's a lot of activity going down with the girls and I'm actually very excited. I'm, I am full. I stand the right group. Uh, there's a lot coming from a lot of different directions. Um, so I feel like, honestly, we've gotten probably more, con- I mean, we say this all the time, but we've gotten more content and activities in what the past, like what, month, uh, four, four, four to five weeks or so, um, than most fandoms receive within like two years. And that's not hyperbole. I mean, that is the full on truth. And I absolutely love it. So I think it's just, it's really cool. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to talk about the life and times of Mama Moo recently in terms of the recent events and activities and everything along the way. I'm going to uh, give my thoughts and commentary and basically talk about shit I can't let go um, and the stuff that really resonated with me. So uh, we're definitely going to take a deep dive into both the Moonbeal and the We and Comebacks. I'm so proud of both of those ladies um, because, you know, they're out here flourishing and thriving. It's just amazing to see. And... Um, you know, real talk though, am, am I going to cover everything? Hell nah. Uh, <laughs> cause what'd I just say? It's a lot. 
Um, but what I am going to do is kind of pick and choose and um, uh, talk about things that I want to discuss about my favorite group, uh, Mama Moo. So are you ready? Uh, I said, are you ready? <sighs> Moo Moo's, hey, are you with me? Are you ready? <laughs> Those are fireworks. Well, all right then. Let's get it. Okay, so right off the top, let's start with a group update. And it's it's really been very cool to see them all together. So um, I'll just say that. The, the first thing I want to, I mean, this it feels like a millennia ago. Um, but I do want to talk about the Where Are We Now theater appearances. Um, so Mama Moo, they had the Where Are We Now, um, well, Where Are We concert. It was like the movie. And it was released uh, December the 3rd. Um, so I feel like the film that, you know, they kind of repackaged it. And there's a film version of that that came out um, from that streaming concert that was back in, like, what, August or September of, of last year. Anyways, um, you know, it was being screened in theaters around the country. And Mama Moo, they actually showed up to a few of the theaters and hosted kind of mini fan meetings or, or what they called, I think they were called um, stage greetings. And I think they did, like... I don't know, like seven or eight of them. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but they were going basically from one theater to the next. I feel like they uh, spent about, I don't know, five, seven minutes, maybe 10 minutes in each place. And then they went to the next one. So, uh, and this was all local. So it was all to them, at least it was um, uh, South Korea, uh, uh, all in South Korea. And I just want to say South Korea mumus, you know, y'all, uh, <laughs> y'all are lucky bastards. I'm just saying <laughs> y'all just, you know, you just get to wake up one day and be like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grab a sandwich and I'm going to go see my moo. You know, you, that, those are options for you and <laughs> you get to see them in person and just like hang out. Yes, I'm jealous. And, but I'm also happy for y'all, uh, as I watch from afar, you know, with a, a, a single tear rolling down my cheek and, you know, maybe a sad flute in the background, but you know, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. No worries. Um, so during these theater visits, we saw Huyen, you know, singing live, uh, just kind of giving us a little bit of her beautiful, uh, song with Ailey. I think it was solo Christmas. I love that song. Um, and I also lived for her like kind of clingy moments with like Solar and Quasa. Um, and Mule too, uh, there was like a cute clip of them, of we and, you know, kind of being Buell's um, caboose while they were like walking up a set of stairs. It was just really cute. And, you know, then we saw, you know, Moonbule being greasy as fuck in all the best ways, right? <laughs> so I think like a, a fan shouted, you know, she was guilty of something, right? And and then she responded, oh, what is she? she responded something like, you know, I'm a prisoner of your heart forever. <laughs> You know, everything felt right with the world. It was like nature was, was healing, right? You know, Moonbill being her greasy self. Um, and then she actually talked about her new hobby of camping. Um, and there was uh, even a mission that she had to complete. So basically, uh, Hwasa uh, bought her a new tent. And it was at her house, at Hwasa's house. And Moonbill had to come over and get it, right? Um, so I think all the girls turned giggly at the idea of Moonbill trying to be able to pick up this tent. Um, and I feel like it, they were setting her up like for this impossible task and they were all kind of delighting in the fact that it was going to, you know, make her look like a fool. 
and it could be, you know, very entertaining to them. So, and I think at one point Solar even uh, offered to film it. But I think since then we know that the the tent was very light, and I think Moonbill was able to just pick it up without any, you know, issues. So no worries there. But it was funny during that time to kind of again see them all together and see them, you know, gently ribbing each other, especially ganging up on Moonbill because that doesn't happen that often actually. Um, all right, and then you know we had Solar, uh, you know, being her charmingly goofy self <laughs> loved by her magnes um at one point i think she shadow boxed right in in uh the air what's the word i'm looking for where you're shy or you oh you're embarrassed she was embarrassed for something i forget off the top of my head uh but the loser crew and and that's uh Hwasa, Moonbeal, and we they just couldn't stop laughing and it was just it was so good to see like i mean we in with her full body laughter i mean she like just put just throws her whole body into it jumps down to the floor comes back up is hanging off of, you know, uh, Hwasa and Moonbeal. I mean, it's just, it's just hilarious to see. Uh, and just good to see them uh, laughing overall. And then you had Wasa. So Hwasa was wearing, you know, a black leather trench coat, you know, looking straight from the Matrix. Um, and actually, I saw trench coat, but also I feel like she was wearing just a regular jacket as well in one of them. But, um, and she was sporting, at one point, she was sporting the New York uh, baseball cap. And I, honestly, I feel like she stole that from Wien, you know, in the car ride over or something like that. Um, uh, it also, that same hat also made an appearance in the FOMO visual video, I think, right? If, if, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, so just Hwasa was looking adorable and just chill overall. I like her vibe. And if memory serves, I think she spoiled the Mama Mumas, maybe? Uh, before it was announced, you know, kind of speaking of some of the activities that they were going to be preparing for Christmas. And she also mentioned that she, you know, they were all spending uh, Christmas together uh, at her house. So, you know, she said she was preparing a lot for that. So I'm sure, you know, the food was banging and uh, it was a good time for them to just come together and and hang out. Um, So I wonder if we will see some of the video from uh, their Christmas celebration at Wasa's house, because, I I mean, I would love to see that, but I'm sure that's the kind of thing that we'll never see, right? But, and you know, again, I'm sure they had a lot of fun. But overall, like, you know, how cool was it, you know, kind of seeing them all together? Um, So much has uh, happened, you know, since these uh, movie theater visits. So, I mean, we've seen them all the time now, right? But I think, I remember thinking at the time that it was really good to see them together uh, because it seemed like at the time it was, it had been a while. Um, So even to see them, so, and to see them, you know, interact with fans. So to see them introduce themselves with their signature way, that was cool. And just overall, it was just really good to see them. Anyways, and I, I can't say that. I, I think I repeated myself like 30 times there, but, you know, I, 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 it's true. It was really good to see them. Anyways, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just uh, side note. So they had the Where Are We Now concert film uh, DVD. And then as advertised, it was basically, seven, quote unquote, you know, several ensemble performances, uh, the 2021 versions of Don't Be Happy, uh, music video filming, they also had within the film, you know, some of the behind the scenes performance preparations uh, for the concert itself. And it was kind of all edited to suit the characteristics of media. <laughs> um, so that, that was my paraphrasing from the announcements online. And uh, I, I did look it up a couple of weeks ago. So this might hopefully this is still valid, but uh, the, they have a video on demand uh, through a few places like CaveCon Season and is it Olay TV? You know, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, definitely... CaveCon is not getting any of my money because uh, I, I, you know, me and I'm sure a lot of international movies were kind of asked out kind of watching that, that black screen during the, the live concert itself. I just want to say thank you yet again uh, for Twitch uh, that allowed me to just watch. Anyways, 
Um, but I checked the site uh, a few weeks ago, and they do offer video on demand for 380 days for $11. And they also had like a making of film for $5. And then the last thing they had were they had the four separate fan cams for each of the girls, and they were additional $5 each. So, you know, I'm, I'm very tempted. Um, let me just say that. But at the same time, I know that the concert is available on YouTube, or at least it's been it's been kind of sporadic. I think they they put it up and it's been taken down a few times. But you know, I feel like if I, even if I were to search right now, I probably could watch the whole concert um, on YouTube. So the the draw is uh, to me, if I were to buy it, it would actually be not to buy the streaming, um, but to buy the the actual DVD set. So because it has all the photo books and Polaroids and stuff like that. So at this point, uh, probably you know it'll probably be like an eBay <laughs> purchase for me. Um, at a high premium, everything costs money, but um, I'd rather, and, but I, I'll just say this, I'd, I'd rather support a fellow Moomoo um, than, you know, the man uh, in terms of like cave cons of the world and stuff like that. Um, but overall, not right now. I've been spending too much money overall. So that was the Where Are We Now concert film and the special appearances that they made in the movie theaters. I thought that was great. I want to segue and just talk about one quick thing. I won't dwell too much on it, but I did want to mention that they, you know, Mamamoo also released the season's greetings. Um, so again, I'm not going to say much here, but it, it, I just, I just need someone to look at me the way Hwasa was looking at solar. Like, wasn't that so cute? Oh my gosh. Um, and they're just so soft. I mean, it was, I loved the, the, what do you call it? The, the nautical theme, uh, overall. And, you know, every, they all just look really cute. It was Moonbill even looked soft, um, Real softer than she normally does, and then Huyen surprised me. She actually looked tough in those leathers, right? <laughs> and of course, Solar looked uh, fresh and preppy as she always does. I mean, she just she just loves life. I love it. But overall, I love the pics from the season's greetings. Uh, thanks to everybody who did the scans uh, and put it online um, because this one is another one that I didn't purchase. But yeah, I, 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 but I'm thinking about it. But I absolutely loved all the images that trickled out. It was really great to see. And then just kind of moving along, I wanted to mention, because, you know, I'm just doing my roundup. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Mama Moo had an IG live and I fucking missed it. <laughs> Damn it. I was, uh, the, I, I, I hate when I miss the stuff. Anyways, um, you know, this is, so if, if you haven't seen it, this is the one, or if you are trying to figure out what the hell I'm talking about, uh, this is the one where they're all in the car. And they're kind of bored as hell. Apparently, they're filming something together. Uh, but I, I don't know if we know what even now. Um, but they all look so good. Uh, solar, especially. Like, I, I'm going to say this about 10 million times in this episode. But I love Solar with the shoulder-length, black-on-black hair. Like, it's just amazing. And, you know, her whole vibe that day was great with the, you know, kind of like the, the off-the-shoulder jacket that looked so comfortable just very chill. I love the way she was sitting. Like I loved everything about it. Uh, so in this V Live, you know, the to me the the MBTI uh, conversations that they were having, that I thought that was really fun. And yo, like Hwasa seems to really take MBTI seriously. Like she was so into it. Like it actually surprised the hell out of me. Um, and I really think she enjoys being an INFP. I think if I have that right. Um, so I'll, I'll just say this maybe for a future episode and I think I've been teasing it for a while, but maybe for a future episode, I'll do a special, you know, resonance round on MBTI itself. Like what is it and kind of, uh, 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 get a dig deeper basically into the compatibility pairings of the different personality types, um, uh, especially within the group. And I know they touched on it a bit, but I, I want to know more. So, you know, I'm just saying, Hey, you know, 
why not? <laughs> Anyways, um, and then also in this V-Live, Huyen, uh, she made like a 45 second or less, I don't even know, but it was very short, you know, appearance. Uh, she was looking just as cute as can be, uh, and I'm so happy that she was able to leave early, though. So, you know, it's been a running joke uh, for years <laughs> with them that uh, Huyen always shoots her stuff. Uh, for our music videos or or basically anything that they're shooting, she always shoots last, and uh, she's always the last one to go home. Uh, which she's a, she's a good sport about it, but low key, no, actually high key, she hates it with a purple passion. So there's actually some scenes in uh, Mama Moo TV where she'll smile in the director's face and then like once he turns his back she's like you know rolling her eyes and shooting like lasers at the back of his head and shit uh and it's it's the it's a very dramatic like Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> thing that she does and she she plays it up for laughs right but we know that she wants to fucking go home like for real um so I was so happy to see her say hi hello and then bounce right and so just good for her and then another thing I wanted to uh, say or, or that I thought was cute from that V-Live was just kind of like out of nowhere, Hwasa <laughs> asked Solar, she's like, uh, she's like, okay, you know, let's say uh, Bewley and I, uh, we fall into the sea. And now who will you save first? <laughs> like out of nowhere. And then Solar is like, oh, it, it, you know what? It, it's cold. I, I can't jump in. And <laughs> basically saying that... Uh, you know, she's not going to go in and save either one of them. <laughs> and then Wasa uh, comes back. She's like, uh, it's summertime, which meant, you know, the water's high. She's like, oh, and then Sellers, oh, you know what? My, my clothes are going to get wet. So, <laughs> so she basically said, I'm not going to save either one of you. You're not going to make me want, not, you're not going to make me choose uh, because, you know, my clothes will get wet. I love this setup from Wasa because, you know, she's trying to force Solar to choose between her and Moonbeal, knowing good and well that she's not going to say anything out loud, right? Um, and it's, I, I love the good nature drama of it, <laughs> nonetheless. So it was just funny. Um, and then uh, another thing that I liked was, you know, Solar. Solar, again, I can't praise Solar enough, um, but I, I really, really enjoyed Solar's um, views on happiness. So... You know, she was saying basically, you know, I guess a, a question came in from the, the chat uh, on the V Live and uh, from like one of the fans. And they were like, you know, what's your definition of happiness or something like that? Somehow they got on it. And um, Solar, she says, um, you know, happiness is not a big deal, right? Um, she says, you know, every trivial thing actually makes you happy. You know, the fact that I can breathe and deserve it. She's like, the fact that I can breathe. Uh, the fact that I'm alive today, right? You know, and I, that was her answer. And I, I love that answer. I mean, Solar was preaching when a word when she said that, because, you know, if you have breath in your body, it's a damn good day. I mean, I'm just saying, and, um, and it really speaks to kind of what I like about them in general. Like they, they don't seem to be performing for the camera, right? Um, I truly believe that if, if the camera was not there, they would have the same conversations, the same comments, the same fun together, right? The same goofiness in it. And to me, it, it just all seems very genuine, you know, which is really what attracts me to them. I mean, they're just genuine, authentic selves, and they just happen to have a camera in the room and bring us along with them. So I, I really love that. And I think it's really cool to see. And of course, when it comes to the roundup of activities from over the holidays, I have to mention the hot mess and the chaos that was 
Mama Moomus. <laughs> Loved it. Um, so, so on on uh, Christmas Eve, right? So go go back to Christmas Eve, um, and this was advertised. So as per the advertisement, they say Mama Moo um, will be guesting on Studio Moon Night. So they went to Studio Moon Night, which is the show that uh, Moonbill hosts uh, three times a week. Anyways, they they went and they had a Christmas party, and they're calling it. Uh, or they called it, uh, Happy Merry Mama Moomus. <laughs> and when I tell you I was looking forward to this event, I mean, it was advertised, it was announced, and it dr- really drove up anticipation for me. Um, and I'll just, you know, uh, set the scene for me. <laughs> I was at the time, so Christmas Eve at the time, I was actually, and this is early, because of the time difference, uh, it was super, super early uh, for me. Anyways, um, I mean, I don't even know if the sun was out, so... <laughs> Uh, but at the time I was in a hotel, uh, kind of trying to, I was in, still traveling on my way back for home for Christmas. I was supposed to be there the day before, but the, the drive was longer than I anticipated. So instead of it being like a two day trip, it ended up being a three day trip. So I'm sitting there on day three, uh, in the morning, the sun hasn't come out. And, um, I was watching from a cocoon of blankets in a hotel bed. Uh, and you know, I was slightly exhausted, <laughs> but also like, I was in good spirits overall because I was trying, you know, trying to get home. It was great. Um, and I would just say, you know, watching Mama Moo, you know, watching them just have fun, you know, kind of brought me a lot of joy in that moment. And, um, you know, they really are a happy pill. <laughs> and uh, I can't say that enough. Um, and it was just really cool. I mean, we all know that, the, you know, the girls, they really play well together. And, you know, it's, it's really like, you know, playtime and, and pretend with them and, and playing dress up and, and just entertaining themselves. So, you know, uh, this time they all picked, uh, special costumes and it was almost like a Halloween special. Like I forgot it was Christmas for a second. It was like Halloween. And I'll just say like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> when they all came out, I, and I'm sure the whole world, we were, I was losing it, you know, with laughter. It was so funny. Um, so, you know, they, they each bought a costume and then on the day of, they, they kind of introduced themselves like one by one and they were doing the reveal, um, for, you know, folks in the audience who were just watching online, but they were also doing a reveal for each other. So they didn't tell each other about their costumes. So they come out one by one. So Moonbill, of course, she's a host. She comes out first, right? Moonbill, she was in like a blow up costume that looked like she was kidnapped by Santa. Like, <laughs> fucking random um and then solar like she, was she supposed to be like snow i can't remember or, or was she the abominable snowman i i can't i don't even know what a solar was but at one point uh she was like uh the smell that you smell uh this how the costume came to her you know <laughs> i love these girls so she was basically saying that the costume, you know, was, was funky. And she's like, that's not me that brought the funk. It's the funk that came with the costume. Like when she ordered it, it came in a box. She opened the box and it was funky town. <laughs> and she's like, it's not me. Oh, it's so funny. And then um, Huyen, uh, she was fish cake soup. So she was literally in like a, a kind of a... A beige get up. I mean, she had like a headpiece. She had. She was in like a, a a steel drum that was hanging around her waist. Like so, she was like in a pot, basically boiling or something. 
and uh, Bona helps to help her style it, which is cute. So to me, out of everybody, you know, Huyen worked the most to customize literally everything. It was made from. It seemed like it was made from scratch. And, uh, and, you know, um, spoiler, you know, she won the contest amongst the four of them, uh, which I thought, you know, it, it, that costume actually was my favorite. So I was glad that she won. It was just, it was just too cute. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then Hwasa, Lord have mercy. Like what? This girl, she, she came out with, uh, what is she? Oh, she, she came out as Chewbacca. <laughs> she like and and she could barely see like two steps ahead of her she could barely walk and then she just just came out looking lost and just adorable like i i really can't with her like just just for real like it was just crazy um so like you know question why do we stand such crackheads (laughs) like each and every one of them i just i mean I mean, let me just say, it was so great, and uh, to me, like, and I know others say it, but it just, the, the the camera kept flipping from, like, one member to the next, right, and then each time it flipped to a new member, like, it was just shock and awe, right, <laughs> like, how goofy can they get, and then at one point, you know, they put the grid up, and they have all four of them, so, like, the the cumulative image of, like, you got you, Chewbacca, you got snow, you have fish cake soup, and then you have, you know, Santa kidnapping Mubio. Like, you know, I, it was just laugh out loud, you know, just head back laughter, you know, and every time, you know, and then I would settle down and then the the thought of it, just how goofy it is, would just kind of well up at me again and I would just laugh again spontaneously. Like, it was just, it was so ridiculous. And the the whole thing was just a joy to watch. I really, I love this so much. Like I wanted it to go on forever and then ever, and then, you know, along the journey meet forever and then go on another journey to forever again. Like it was just, it was so, so good. I wanted to just keep going. Um, and, uh, but just by way of closing out, like I, I can't, like if, if I talked about everything that I like from Mama Mumas, <laughs> I mean, we'd have a four hour podcast and this thing is already going to be long as it is. So, um, but I, I, but I will just say this. I, I let me mention the parts that uh, I've rewatched. You know, that's how I, I can tell what parts I like because those are parts I just track to when I rewatch it. So, um, and what I what I rewatched the most were a few things. So the first one was when uh, basically they talked about how other groups see them. So, you know, Mama Moon. You know, they have a lot of self awareness and uh, kind of also they have a lot of pride in the fact that they are such a close knit group of friends, right? Um, and they've spent a lot of time with each other and to the point where, you know, now they're family members, like they, I, they can't see their lives without each other. I mean, it's just a fact of their lives. Right. So, you know, they, they talked about, you know, also how they're perceived by others. So, um, and, and one of the comments they were talking about, like, you know, they enjoy each other's company, you know, so much that it's hard for anybody, uh, to approach them, you know, whether it be at award shows or other events, you know, they're kind of just huddled up and they're just kind of closed off to themselves, just enjoying themselves and actually kicking in and having a good time. So, you know, um, and, 
uh, they even, so there, there's that, but then there's also the fact that they have a special way of talking, you know, that's kind of that Mamamoo style. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like if, if, uh, one of them uses some slang, then, you know, the, the others pick it up very quickly and it becomes like a Mamamoo style of talking. Um, and then overall they're known for just being, you know, very straightforward as well. And I think they're very honest too. And I probably in that industry, it is very rare. So uh, I like the comment that Hwasa made, which basically she mentioned that, you know, she's so um, wrapped up in, you know, the group and, and they're wrapped up in each other um, that sometimes, you know, pop culture trends uh, kind of go over their head when she's and to the point, you know, where she looks lost when she's out with external members, you know, like people who are outside the group. So quick, I'll just say, you know, quick side note here, you know, there, there was an episode of I Live Alone, uh, where Hwasa had never seen, uh, an Apple, uh, iWatch or whatever you call it, the Apple watch. I'm an Android, but, <laughs> um, but even I, I was, I know what it is. So anyways, so when it came so when the, when the Apple watch came up on the screen, you know, she was asking, you know, like basic, basic questions about, you know, to the point where, you know, it actually took people aback uh, because you could tell that she had no clue what that was. Um, and I think, you know, if, if I my calculations are right, like it had been out since what, like 2015 or so, uh, the watch itself. And and here she was like probably what, 2019, 2020 or so, or I don't even know when, even if it was 2018, it's like three, four, five years later. And she was just like, oh, you know, what's that? <laughs> So, so, so I get what Hwasa is saying. Like she's saying, like if Solar, Moonbill, and Wien, if they haven't mentioned it, then it doesn't exist. And uh, when they go out, you know, with other friends or in a professional setting, it's enough for them to stand apart and and be other, right? Because it's it's like they were raised by wolves <laughs> or something. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but but also not really like I'm what I'm trying to say is like they are different and they acknowledge that fact to themselves and I mean they're a family they're mama moo so I I did love that part um <clears throat> the second thing I've watched over and over um was when they do their you know mama mama moo when they do that intro like and they did it on a dime so you know they were just kicking back they were you know chatting and then out of nowhere you know, Solar starts her trademark snapping like, or whatever. Uh, and she just kickstarts them into doing, you know, they're now they're like almost like a near perfect harmony on their intro right there on the spot. And I thought that was so cool. So slick uh, to see that just like pop pop. Uh, anyway, so, and they even said that they can do that. They've done it so much now they can do it right after waking up from sleep. Uh, and I, I like that they tease it. They may even test that into the future. Like, you know, they're so badass. Anyways, uh, and I love it. So, you know, I really, truly enjoyed uh, Mama Moomis. And again, it was on Christmas Eve and they basically invited us to, you know, like the kickback, right? Where uh, we could just hang out with them. And I'm actually glad that they didn't worry about putting together a performance. Like when it was announced and they put, did a little bit of PR, uh, more so than usual, uh, around this event, I thought that they were, you know, the things that quote unquote, they were spending their own money on and preparing, I thought it was actually going to be in the form of performances. And I, even I remember thinking like, I, that was my prediction. And I was like, I hope they don't do that. Because I just want them because I know it takes time and stressful. Um, and you know, they had a long year, and I just want them to, to chill, right. Um, so when we got to 
the event itself and it ended up being like a Christmas uh, kind of Halloween party I was like yes good so I'm, I'm actually glad my prediction excuse me so I'm actually glad that my prediction was wrong because you know they you know really do uh, deserve you know some fun and uh, to be low-key and just chill so uh, but I'll just say it was very satisfying to see them play and be happy and again it brought me a lot of joy Loved it. Mama Moomis. I actually loved it. I hope they make it a tradition. The final thing I wanted to mention uh, in terms of uh, OT4 Mama Moo activities uh, recently was that they performed as a part of the 2021 NBC Gaio Daijian. Uh I know I fucked that all the way up, but the Gaio, NBC Gaio. Um, and it was basically a year-end festival that they have every year on uh, New Year's Eve, so December 31st. Honestly, I feel like it took everybody by surprise, right? Because I don't think anybody was expecting them to have an appearance um, at a year-end show. Um, so the fact that they were on NBC it was kind of a pleasant surprise. I mean, honestly, we shouldn't be surprised because Mama Moo does the event every year. But still, I like was I the only one that was surprised? Uh, if if I was, I mean, my bad. I mean, uh, anyway, Mama Moo, you know, they've done NBC every year uh, since 2015. And in, uh, let me just give it. So according to there's a Twitter account forever moo, all one word. They did a little bit of a summary and I'm going to use it. So uh, basically, here's a summary of the, the songs that uh, Mama Moo did during this event over the years. So in 2015, Mama Moo did Single Ladies plus uh, Um Oh Ah Yeah. Then in 2016, they did You're the Best plus uh, Del Cal Kamani. Uh, then in 2017, they did the boy group melody plus yes, I am. And that is a classic, by the way, I love that. Like when they were coming down the stairs doing the harmony on the mama moo, I mean, it's just in the white, um, kind of, um, uh, suit jackets with the black bloomers. I mean, it was just amazing. I love that. So the, the boy group melody plus yes, I am. Then in 2018, they did paint me windflower starry night and egotistic so 2018 to me is their banner year i am sorry i wasn't here i missed the whole thing you know i became a mumu in february of 2021 so it's actually almost about to be i would say we're coming up i mean this week is probably my uh one year anniversary for being a fan um so uh you know so 2018 predates me as a fan um, but they really showed up and showed out on, on Paint Me, Windflower, Starry Night, and Egotistic. I've seen those on YouTube. Uh, and then in 2019, they did Destiny plus Hip. Uh, and then in 2020, they did Travel plus Dinga. So in 2021, uh, there was a little bit of a question, but now we have the answer. So uh, as a part of their performance, Mamamoo did uh, Yes, I Am, uh, Dikalkomani, and Um Oh Ah Yeah is kind of like a medley. And then they did the full song of Mama Mama Much. And um, it was just really cute to see. So one user from Twitter is a Hygian Aesthetic um, said, you know, I feel like Mama Moo is one of the only few groups who get asked to perform their old songs in events. Uh, like for some groups, it's just their recent songs and such. Um, but it kind of tells how South Korea sees Mama Moo and their music. And I just want to say, so thank you for that comment, Hygian Aesthetic. Um, I definitely agree with this, you know, and, and really talk, you know, like kudos to Mama Moo for having such a great discography of hits on hits on hits um, that people uh, want to run it back all the time. Um, and, you know, we love to see it. Um, so in terms of the outfits, I mean, I loved 
uh, Hwasa and Solar uh, in white. And again, Hwasa has been working that short haircut. I really like the bob on her. Um, and then Solar in those boots. I mean, I love that look. Um, and it, it looked like her stockings had, if I'm not mistaken, had dragonflies on them. So it's just very cute. Um, and I like the hair half up, half down that she lo- does. I mean, it just looks very, it makes her look even more so young and vibrant. I just love that look. Uh, and then, you know, you had Wien, right? She's doing like her, in this one, she was doing like, what was she doing? She was doing like a a 40s era starlet <laughs> impression. Um, and Wien is looking flaw-free out here, um, just glamorous and confident. I mean, you know, I love her vibe for this event, but just these days, she her vibe is just amazing. Um, and it, it's, it's a good look. Now, I will say this, I mean, and, and don't come for me. But I wasn't a fan of Moonbeal's kind of that mixed denim look that she had. Um, I mean, as always, she looked cute. And so I'm not, nothing to take away from, I mean, she was out here, it was great. Uh, but to me, she also looked a little hot and, and, and not in a good way. But I mean, in a way it's like heat hot. I mean, it's just too much fabric going on. I just wanted her to like take off one item. But again, you know, it's not my favorite look, but I will say this. One thing I'm starting to notice uh, more and more about Moonbeal is her facial expression. So um, uh, Moonbeal tends to burst out and smile, you know, like she's really enjoying the performance. Like, uh, And to me, she's the main one that actually reacts to the members. You would think it would be Wien, but she's, I think Moonbeal is the one that reacts the most to the other members while they're performing. I mean, she's smiling at them. She was responding to them, you know, she's poking fun on solar, you know, I think it's very endearing. And again, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's a good look and I'm, I'm noticing it. I know she, I mean, I'm sure I've seen it I'm, at some level. I probably did register with me, but now it's in the forefront of my mind when I'm, I'm looking at her now and performing because she just has joy in her face. And I really like that. And uh, of course, she was hiding at the time. She was hiding her comeback hair in a hat. So again, the hat just she looked she looked heavy, if that makes sense. But you know, um, but in underneath the hat, I'm sure she had on a wig. So just good times because we all know why. But um, you know, that it, it is what it is. So uh, and then the the Mama Moose stage that they did was actually complemented by other performances by the members. So Solar uh, did a collab stage uh, performance with uh, veteran singer Yang Hyun. Uh, in a group, which also included Wendy from Red Velvet. I can't even say that. That's like a little tongue twister, but she, Wendy is one of my favorites. And and another singer called Hyo Jung. So uh, it's a feel-good song. It had an immortal songs vibe to it. It's not my personal taste, but, you know, I did enjoy seeing Solar and Wendy on the same stage. And let me tell you, let me can I just give a quick and very big shout out and a high five to Wendy, like Jesus, her girls on top. What was it? Was it a performance video? It was fire. <laughs> like boom. It was a fire. Like in a sea of bad bitches. I was like, Wendy girl, do not hurt them. Like Jesus. I mean, I just say Wendy, damn. <laughs> 
good for her. And I feel like Wendy is getting shine that is well-deserved these days. I mean, I mean, I know it's a mom podcast, but just allow me, let me just talk about it. If you're a Wendy fan, you got a friend in me because I love Wendy from Red Velvet. She is awesome. And again, she's so like wholesome, but again, her bad bitch, she, she has it. And she, she's just leveling up, <laughs> uh, pun intended, she's leveling up uh, even more. Like she's hitting uh, a stratosphere that, again, we weren't, ready for but it's and it's so good to see all right but let me let me get back to mama moo <laughs> ah you love this podcast don't forget okay so uh and then i just want to talk about huasa so huasa uh did a come uh not come back but she did a collab stage uh with singer songwriter lee mujin uh again the song is it's it's not my vibe song wise um but i i did enjoy it in the moment same with the other song that solar did with that group I enjoyed it in the moment, like truly, uh, but I probably will not circle back to either one of those songs. Um, so, but I, I will say I, I absolutely adored uh, Wasa's pink floral outfit. Um, the the butterfly belt and the the skirt duo was like doing work, <laughs> and uh, she also had on a, a butterfly nails, you know, which I think you know kind of she showed us. I want to say she showed us the night before in the V Live, but you know, to me, you know. We associate butterflies so much with Huyen as, as one of her symbols. Like, I couldn't help but kind of make that association that maybe Huasa was doing a given Huyen a sh- shout out um, about her upcoming uh, solo album. So, you know, if I were to guess, I would think that they are missing each other a little bit because Huasa just came off of her promotions. And then again, once she's free, then Huyen is knee deep in, in her preparations and comebacks. So, I feel like schedule alone is probably jam-packed and I'm sure they haven't hung out together as much as they want. I'm sure they're in constant communication, but they probably haven't seen each other physically in a while. Uh, so in my mind, I think, you know, the, the butterfly belt, and again, it had a, a B on it too. So, you know, Hasa's on a B. I think it was like a tribute kind of to both of them. Anyways, I think it was a small shout out to Wien and, or, you know, or maybe not, maybe I'm just, you know, over here looking like a clown, but, uh, or, you know, she just felt like looking cute that day and, and butterflies was it. I mean, that could be valid too, or both. <laughs> so, um, you know, these aren't mutually exclusive, right? Either way, I want to say, you know, I love the look. She looked very fresh, very floral, and it was a good look for her. And then, uh, Wasa, at one point she did a shift from like the pink sunshine and unicorns and rainbows to basically cut a bitch sexy, right? With her solo set, um, uh, during NBC. So Hwasa is so cool. I loved it. So, uh, I love her so much. It's actually crazy. She did a, a green patent leather gloves and boots kind of number with like all black, everything else. And I, I didn't dissect it too much, but it looked like she just wore, you know, a black T-shirt. And that was styled in a way that it, it actually looked like a, a shirt dress or, a, a, you know, a shirt in a miniskirt combo, something like that. And honestly, I think she just wore, like, black bloomers. And then she cinched that T-shirt in the waist. I mean, and even not that much, but then she just kept it moving. Um, so I could be wrong with that. I haven't looked at it again since the time that it aired. But, you know, it, you know, again, she she rounded out that look with you know, the fire engine red lip. And it was just so sassy for days. Quick side note here uh, about black and green as a combo, as a color combination. So I actually saw, and this is random (laughs) as all things are. Um, but I actually saw a great discussion on Twitter about how Disney, uh, uses the color green in their films to signify something evil and nefarious. 
Um, so basically, if you look at a Disney film, like all the villains are backlit with green or have green skin tones or some kind of green plume of smoke that, you know, signifies evil magic or something bad, you know, every time they come on camera. So to me, you know, Wasa with this green, uh, and I hadn't associated this before, but, you know, she brought that bad bitch energy in the best of ways, like almost like a comic book villain <laughs> in her swag, right? You know, that's the level that she's operating on. <laughs> and again, this is, um, you know, again, she was, she even said, and we talked about it in one of the last episodes, she said, you know, this whole guilty pleasure in I'm a bee, it's, it's exploring, you know, the, what would have happened if Maria had picked evil, right? So it's just really interesting that the black and green combo actually does kind of signify, you know, um, uh, villains or evilness. And it is just really cute. So to me, again, she looked awesome and it was, it was really cool to see. Uh, and then just real quick, so Hwasa, she started out with Maria and Acapella remix, and then she went into the Ana B track. Um, I love what, that she had her handheld mic, um, because to me, it's, her and uh, Wean now, you know, it's a good signal as to when you're singing live. Like, it's just a visual cue that allows the audience to say, hey, you know, I'm here, my mic is down, I am hitting this choreo, right? But then when my mic is up, I am singing, and you know the mic is on, Right. Uh, so, uh, she sounded great and I, I absolutely love that the glitchy kind of industrial re rework that they did on the dance break. Um, it was gritty and dark and, and, and dangerous, right? I, I love, she can, you know, really get that kind of, um, you know, she brings heat every time she performs. I loved it. And it was a cool effect overall. So Plaza the Queen looked good. That's that's basically all the members in the NBC. And, and because it happens on New Year's Eve, you know, these performances for Mamamoo kind of kick off the year on a positive note, I think, uh, with nothing but love. So, you know, they love themselves. They love each other. You know, they love the fans. And, you know, there's love for the better tomorrow, right? <laughs> let me get to the mouth. Just, just let me do it. Um, and I love to see it. So, uh, that concludes the Mamamoo OT4 roundup. I mean, we talked about the, where are we now movie theater appearances, the season's greetings, Mamamoo miss the, the V lives, NBC. I mean, there, again, like I mentioned before, there is a lot happening and <laughs> I mean, there's a cute post from, um, Bully Gido that said, you know, imagine going to the bathroom for a quick break and you come back and Hwasa FOMO visual, two Moonsun TikTok challenges on Solar Shido shorts, Huyen Insta story, Hwasa Insta post, Solar Insta story, and Mamamoo OT4 photo on the official accounts. Like it's just, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Like I think, I mean, particularly like I want to say maybe December 29th, 30th and 31st, like you know, it, Mamamoo fans, it was just like this tsunami wave of content from, and it was coming at us from like every which way to the point where literally every moment something new was servicing. And if you blinked just for one second, you were like asked out and you had to like catch up. You were lost, right? Because you're like, what the hell happened? I just blinked my eyes. Anyways, um, so, and, and it's more than just those few days. Like, uh, you know, it was a prolific year as always for Mamamoo in terms of just music. So according to um, Mamamoo Charts, they released 67 songs this year, or the year of 2021. And that's just songs. So that includes like the solos, the collabs, the OT4 content, uh, which is crazy in and of itself. But that's not including things like 
Seller Shido and the, and the variety show appearances and so on and so forth. So, you know, they had 67 songs released this year. Like, people, moo-moos, you know, let me just say, we are fed, we are well-fed, uh, and it's fucking amazing. I absolutely love it. So, uh, <laughs> like, bring it on. And then they even said, they had the nerve to say, <laughs> in 2022, they're going to be even more productive. I'm like, how? Like, how? And uh, it's so exciting to just think of the opportunities and the prospects. So we're going to end it there. Uh, and then from now, we're going to basically jump into a, a spotlight for each individual member and talk about what they've been doing. So the big items, of course, include Moonbeal and Wean, uh, the comebacks for the month of January 2022, uh, with uh, respective album releases from both of them. Um, so we'll start with Wien first, uh, followed by Moonbeal, and then we'll do uh, Solar and Hwasa. So just a quick note, um, you know, because I know that the fandom is very sensitive and chippy with each other these days. Um, you know, I'll just say this. Even though I'm focusing on one member at a time, I will still chat about all the other members throughout. Um, so don't take offense if I'm talking about Moonbeal and I mention Solar or Hwasa. Or if I'm talking about Huyen and I go off on a tangent talking about Moonbeal. Like, I mean, it's inevitable. Like, and it's also benign. I do, I do not mean any offense. Uh, and if you do get offended, you know, that's none of my business. <laughs> Please don't kill my vibe. You know, Mama Moo is literally my favorite topic. And it's probably yours too. So I'm not slighting any member by talking about the members on a podcast about the members. <laughs> of Mama Moo, okay? I'm just saying. Um, I'm loving up on all of them, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So uh, with that disclaimer out the way, <laughs> uh, I invite you to get comfy, and let's do this thing. Verse A, verse B. Let's get it. Come on. <laughs> DJ, drop the beat. All right, let's start with Huyen. So on Sunday, January the 16th, Huyen dropped her second solo mini album called Hui, and it's uh, uh, had a lead track called uh, Make Me Happy. Now, the album was outstanding. Even when the medley came out, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm really, really going to love this album, aren't I? Uh, I had that thought to myself. So you know, Huyen is my style, as they say. Uh, you know, she has that eclectic, bohemian, uh, songstress vibe to her. And, you know, her voice is just pure silk, right? Um, it's actually hard to describe the admiration I have for her voice. I mean, it's it's so light, um, as in not heavy, but, but it's also very strong and powerful. Um, I mean, her voice, I mean, geez, you know, what a gift <laughs> overall. So, uh, the, the album itself, again called Hui, um, it had six songs uh, in the track list. So the title song was, uh, or, or do I have the title songs wrong? Oh, sorry, sorry. You, you make me happy. That was the title song, excuse me. And then Pink Cloud, uh, Letter Filled with Light was a third track. Deserve was an interlude. F uh, fifth track was uh, Pastel. And the sixth track is a song called Paraglide. Um, so let's talk about the Make Me Happy um, music video. It was, again, it was released on the 16th. It was directed by Sung Kui uh, on IG. And he's basically, or she, actually, I didn't look it up. Oh, my gosh. But I, they are, are the founder and director of Nevermind Studios. And it's basically never without, like, there's no vowels in this. It's N-V-R, like, never. And then M-N-D, mind. So N-V-R, 
NVRMND Studios. And their um, uh, website is actually that. So NVRMND.kr. Um, so, and by the way, I really like the uh, uh, layout of the website because <laughs> I was uh, fl- uh, flipping through it before I, as a, you know, I was preparing for this. Anyways, um, there's no choreography in the, in the music video, but uh, Wien did do full choreography, you know, as she made her rounds to the music shows. There was a very heavy emphasis on the butterfly imagery. Uh, it was very strong in the choreo. And Wien herself kind of makes a pose um, with her hands kind of during the ending fairy moments. And, and I think it was supposed to be like the wings of a butterfly, which is kind of cool. So, uh, and we were also able to confirm, I think through a, a fan sign event uh, over the weekend that Yoon Young. Yoon Young Nim was the choreographer for Make Me Happy. So, and she also did Huyen's watercolor uh, choreography as well. So it was very cool. Uh, Thank you to, I think it was underscore 0417 underscore ZZZ uh, on Twitter, or at least that's where I first saw it. Uh, I believe they're the ones that asked the question uh, in their interaction with Huyen as part of a fan sign. And then they, you know, they shared info with the class so to speak so i want to say thank you to that user you rock and then just overall i want to say i really enjoyed the music video and the song so you know i've already added it to my playlist and it's definitely been in the rotation so you know i love that pop r&b groove that's kind of wien's wheelhouse and and you could tell you know that even though so even though the the live doesn't have like a lot of budget you, you could tell they actually they actually did a very good job with the set design and the, and the concept for the MV. So, you know, I loved all the flowers. I loved her hair. You know, she has her kind of go-go baby era, kind of brown shoulder length hair, which is such a clean look for her, you know, very fresh, which, you know, and it also uh, complimented the flowers everywhere. So I want to say my favorite scene of her was, you know, when she was kind of falling down on her back in space or whatever. I mean, I, when I watched it for the first time, I just want to say like at that moment, I, I really just felt it, right? Like, I was there with her in that moment and it was, it was just very well shot and it had the distinct feeling, uh, you know, with it that came, uh, for me, you know, during that moment, like I can't even explain it, but I, I, I was in it with her in that kind of first watch, uh, since then, you know, I, it's, I, I'm anticipating it now, so I don't feel it anymore. But at the, the first watch, I was like, Oh, this is good. Um, the one thing I didn't like, I, I mean, I did not get the, the CGI rocks, um, that were in the scene. So there's like a scene where she's kind of looking up, in like a hollowed earthen kind of passageway uh, with all the flowers and the butterflies and then the sunlight is coming in from above or whatever. Um, and then like out of nowhere, there's like rocks, you know, um, just kind of floating around in, in that space in that kind of tunnel. And I was like, mm, is there a significance here for these rocks? Uh, I mean, if so, I mean, dear listener, you know, please let me know. But otherwise, the rocks are random as hell, huh? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um so uh, it was beautiful, but I don't think it was necessarily needed. I mean, I mean to me, and again, I know I'm just nitpicking, but because uh, I love the MV, uh, I actually run it back all the time. Um, but the, you know, the I just thought the the flowers and the butterflies along the walls of this kind of, you know, passageway up to the sky. That's all you needed. I don't think you needed rocks in there. It kind of took away from me, but whatever. Um, and then I had to rely on Twitter to let me know that of what she wrote on the mirror, because that white on the mirror, I, I didn't know what the hell she was saying, but, um, you know, it looked like somebody, I think, um, uh, we were able to confirm that, you know, 
uh, it was, it, she wrote some of her French tip tattoos with Hwasa, uh, in the mirror. So, and I, I looked and once I saw that online and a couple people were commenting on it, I looked at the music video again and sure enough, the words Caddo, um, and resonance, um, were written on the mirror and it kind of made my heart flutter <laughs> with joy. I thought it was great. Um, side note, I also noticed, I think she wrote Magnolia and Sophie and I think Sophie is, isn't that her, one of her tattoos in Magnolia as well? Um, I'll, maybe I'll do a tattoo show because I, I need to learn for myself, like all the tattoos for all the girls. But um, anyways, uh, but, you know, to me, <clears throat> oh, and also, again, so she gave us a shout out. But then, you know, uh, she also, that, to me, I didn't know about the uh, alignment with their names. So Huyen, her name in Hanja actually means like shining person or something to that effect. Um, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, you know, y'all... Uh, may realize by now that I'm a big Wasa fan, right? And by extension, I'm, I'm a big Huyen fan and, and a, a Wisa fan at that. So, you know, listen, the day they do a subunit, I will be so annoying because everyone in my orbit will know about it times a thousand. I mean, a, a Wisa subunit will just be amazing. Um, and Wisa even said, not Wisa, Hwasa even said that it was coming one day. And I believe her. So, you know, um, but but to me, the parallel in their names, uh, Hwasa is shining bright, Huyen it means shining or shining person, something like that. The parallel in their names and, and having that association with light is just super rad. I loved it. And then moving right along. So uh, a few uh, uh, notes. I'm not going to go through every track or anything. I'm just going to pull out. So there, I think there were like two tracks that I really liked. So I'll, I'll just say it out, up front. Pink Cloud you know, it's so effervescent. It's so fresh. It's just a wonderful song. I think it might actually be my favorite song on the album. And, you know, this, it's, I did, um, like that mid-tempo groove with the, the happy guitar in the back. <laughs> and I feel like they added like an echo feature to her voice. I mean, she's also kind of harmonizing with herself. I mean, it's just so good. So it's actually my favorite track, like I said, and I know I'm not alone. So, you know, that, that song, it just hits that sweet spot of like everything we like about Huyen's voice and how it's kind of wrapped up in a bright concept. It's just really hard not to like that song. And I was actually, you know, I think she suggested, you know, um, riding in the car with that song or something like that, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I was actually out and about the other day and in my new car, I just got in the car um, and I was driving around where I running uh, errands and, you know, and I don't go outside much <laughs> these days. So, I mean, because in, in general, it's like cold, snowy, it's dreary. And, but this song, it just works even with bad weather. Like I was freezing my ass off and, um, but I, I appreciate that the song, it just, it's a song for all seasons. <laughs> um, and then I also liked, uh, particularly liked uh, track number three, I believe. Letter filled with light. Uh, that song sounds great too. I like. I actually saw the call for letters from fans, and I, I actually submitted a letter via email. Uh, and I kind of, I felt like a kid, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, at the time I, w- I was pausing the the, the medley video, uh, <laughs> like the the medley film. I was pausing. I paused it every second to kind of scan to see if my letter was included. It was not, but I actually got a lot of joy from the possibility of it all, right? So shout out to the fans who did get included so far. Hopefully there's more letters that are going to be featured in the full music video if she, in fact, does have a music video for the song. Um, but I just want to say thanks to everybody for sending along your best wishes to Wien. And whether you made it or not into the video, 
um, I'm sure that Huyen appreciated it. And I think it's a cool concept overall to have like the fans become a part of the music video in a big way. Um, like the fans are front and center and she's basically saying thank you, right, to the fans. And she's saying, I see you um, to us as we're saying thank you to her and we see her for her music and her art. So it's like a full circle, you know, yin and yang type of thing going on. It's very cool. Um, I thought the interlude track was interesting. I, I do want to see uh, more about that. I like love, especially in the medley, you know, she used the interplay between, you know, light and dark. And um, I, I'm very interested to see how that turns out overall, if she has any visuals for that. Sticking with the medley, um, I also thought it was interesting that Wien used the projection uh, imagery throughout the medley teaser and uh, the MVs that we've seen so far. So for, um, uh, I'm jumping ahead or, or I'm skipping around, but for um, Moonbule, it was that, that two real kind of motion picture proje- projection, you know, that's kind of her theme. Um, and here in Wien, you see the kind of old school slideshow um, projection. I mean, very vintage, right? Where you have like the film negatives and you project images on the wall. So, um, and actually, you know what? Now, now that I think about it, you know, Hwasa, you know, she literally laid out in a room uh, with clips of film uh, plastered all over, right? She had film canisters in her Amabi video um, uh, just a few months ago. And, and I'm going to bookmark that for later because I, I, let's keep an eye out for what solar does. You know, if she's in like a dark room, uh, working on photo paper or something like that, um, you know, then I think it's all connected somehow. So we'll, we'll see. And I mean, while I'm here, another thing we see between music videos for like we and in Moonbule, I mean, even Hwasa so far, like they all have doors, <laughs> like they're walking through a door, you know, they're creating suspense around, you know, what's on the other side of the door, you know, we in, you know, with her kind of Alice in Wonderland uh, vibes, it's just kind of elevated the door concept. And it's, I mean, it's basically opening up a whole new world where it's like a utopia. Um, and I wonder if solar, you know, also have a door. <laughs> so, um, I'll just say, you know, others online have been speculating about if, in fact, there is a reason, like a real reason behind some of this uh, kind of uh, same imagery that's kind of showing up in all the girls' comebacks. Um, I'll just say, I I feel like I have, let me say, like, I have two theories, right? Uh, The first is, you know, that uh, all the members of Mamamoo, you know, you know, maybe it's right. Maybe they are intending to integrate uh, all of their solo storylines into like a big juggernaut, you know, multiverse mamu group concept, right? Uh, like when they come back together and do a group album again. Um, I mean, r- real quick, that would be, that would blow my mind. I may actually spontaneously combust if that's true. Um, <laughs> but so that's my, my first theory, like, you know, that there's, there is some sort of, you know, mamamu endgame in, in the works and, and the payoff of which, you know, will be satisfying if it's true. But my, my second theory, you know, behind them kind of having uh, the same imagery is just uh, that they have uh, <laughs> they have one mind, right? So, uh, and this is just simply an expression of it. So, uh, I mean, to me, these ladies, you know, they've, they've been together for, what, more than 10 years? Uh, and, and during that time, it was actually continuous time together. Like, they literally slept, ate, worked, trained, practiced, um you know, did interviews, you know, they're together day after day, moment by moment, you know, with no breaks, right, over the years for 365 days a year for 10 years. I mean, to me, they have the same well of experiences (laughs) and their worldview for each of them um, 
has been shaped by literally the same exact experiences. I mean, it's more than twins, Because, right? <laughs> again, twins, they're born, they actually, you know, they, they have the same experiences, but they might be in different classes or they might have different sports that they do and da-da-da. This is more than that. They have the same exact, uh, I mean, even the interactions, like the people they, they meet and greet with over the years, they have the same interactions with people. And, and again, during Mama Mumas on Christmas Eve, we, heard, we just heard them say that they are so close that they have their own Mama Moo way, right? So uh, long story short, I, I say all this to say that, you know, maybe we're seeing the same imagery in their solos um, and, and, you know, their music videos and just their concepts. We're, we're, I think we're seeing the same imagery because they literally have the same baseline uh, data set of experiences that they're drawing from in their minds. So, you know, and, and we're just seeing them kind of express it in different ways, but it's the same core experiences. So... So that's my second theory. Like, you know, we're seeing the same themes in all of their music videos. I mean, not by design or some grand scheme, but just by sheer coincidence, right? <laughs> uh, you know, if you can even call it that, right? Because I think it's, you know, destiny. But, you know, because they, they, because they, they all have the same core experiences and they're all drawing from the same um, uh, well, so to speak, uh, for their individual creative pursuits. Uh, and if, if this is the case, then, you know, real quick, real talk, isn't that interesting, right? I mean, it, it kind of speaks to the kind of nature versus nurture, the subconscious expression, all of that. I mean, yada, 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 like it's, it's really cool if you think about it. So, uh, those are my kind of two theories, put it out there, you know, for your consideration. I'm sure there's more, if you have more, feel free to email me. Um, cause again, this is my favorite topic. I'd love to hear about it, but I digress. So let's go back to, to Wien, uh, and bring it back to Wien. So let's talk about what's in the album. So Wien's album is called Hui, and there's two versions of the album. They have the East version, which is the gold tone one, and the West version, which is like the purpley, bluey uh, tone one. Uh, and in the album, you get like an 80-page photo book, and West is purple with the butterfly stencil on the front, and then East is gold with like a, a bubble, I guess, on the front. I, I, I don't know what that is, but I think it's a bubble. So, and then you get the, the CD-ROM, and again, for West is purple CD-ROM, and for East is a gold CD-ROM, and then you have a photo card. Um, you get a random one out of seven possible photo cards. And then you get a clear message card with calligraphy, with calligraphy by Wien, uh, and you also get a Wii postcard. It's a, it's a random one of two where one is in the light and the other is in the dark. So I just wanted to say that that is actually very interesting. So, you know, again, all the imagery around this comeback uh, that I've seen, you know, it focuses on light and the play of light. Like she's, she's out in the sun, you know, there's shards of, in another scene, she's, there's shards of light across her face. She has projections of light on her face. You know, the, the Hanja is projected on her face, on her cheek, right? Um, and we haven't seen much by way of darkness. Um, so I, I, I know you can't have darkness without light and, and you can't have light without darkness. So, and actually, we actually said something to that effect in the past where she was doing like PR for the uh, White Wind album in Four Seasons for Colors. So, you know, I'll just say, I, I actually looked this up because I was curious. But so if you do a search on YouTube for Mama Movie Live, Go Go Baby, I think the first video that pops up is in the form, um, is from an account called Mumu Nim. And that has the video that I'm uh, speaking from. But in that V Live, and it's just a V Live, in that V Live, Wien is prompted uh, to talk about her solo track, 25. And, uh, she, you know, just because she was involved in the making of that song. So, and as she was talking about the song, she was basically saying, I was talking about my personality. And I said, and this is true quotes, she goes, you know, um, 
I said that there is light and darkness in my personality. When the sun is the brightest, that's when the shadow is the darkest too. I wanted to write that into the lyrics. Um, and again, at the time, she was talking about her solo song from the White Wind album called 25, which is a beautiful song, by the way, is that slowed out R&B. Again, <laughs> Weena can do R&B. You know, it's, it's, she's one of the few K-pop artists that can really truly do R&B. And she has the vocal chops to pull it off. So, you know, that's why the Red album is still holds up to this day as like one of the best K-pop R&B albums ever. And I, yes, I said it. <laughs> And I know there's people out there that agree with me and probably will take it there and, and die on that hill. I'm just, I don't know enough about K-pop, but I know that that's is damn good. Let me just say that too. But what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, a postcard, it has two choices, one light and one dark. And again, she's, she said it before that her personality has these two sides to it, right? So I think it's very cool. And then the last thing, you know, is there was also a pre-order benefit in the form of a sticker set and a poster is a random one out of seven that comes with the album. And that's that. So the album is available in a lot of different places. Um, I actually uh, saw that K-Town For You was offering a 40% off sale. Um, uh, plus they had the, the digital and the offline fan signings. I actually uh, purchased all of my albums through uh, K-Town For You. So I, I think I did two of the double CD sets. So, you know, one to open, one to keep. Um, and they haven't come in for me yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. So as part of the promo, I mean, Huyen was everywhere. I'm not going to go through everything, but she basically did every radio show <laughs> as a part of her promo tour. And then in addition to that, like, I mean, uh, again, I, I've tried to watch as much content as I can. I'm still waiting for, you know, English subs on some of those um, radio shows. But when they come out, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely circle back and watch the whole things in their entirety. Um, but one um, appearance, uh, she did a Kizzle Kid interview. K exclamation point Z-Z-L-E and then Kid interview. Uh, I watched this on YouTube and, and it's basically where the, it's an interview where they pair Huyen with uh, two kids. And in this case, it was like one boy and one girl. And I think they were both 10 years old, if I remember he serves. Uh, and to me, it was like the cutest thing possible. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, what I did like, I, I liked how Huyen talked to the kids. I mean, she was very patient and, she, you know, she didn't dumb things down. I hate when people do that sometimes. Uh, she was kind of giving them respect as people, which I thought was very interesting to see, you know, play out. Like uh, it was a, a little bit of an odd dynamic, you know, obviously since they don't know each other and it's kids and, she, and she's there to promote an album. But <laughs> I think with children, you actually do have to focus on them to some extent because they're young and, and you're kind of talking about who they're becoming. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a weird dynamic where she's there for promo, but you also have to shift the attention onto these kids that she doesn't know who the hell they are. Right? <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I liked, I think you could see in this interview that Huyen was walking that fine line a little bit, um, by, you know, being respectful of the moment, being respectful of the kids as their own, you know, human beings, but in also, you know, trying to push an album. Right. So I'm sure it was, it was slightly nerve wracking for her. And I, have, I mean, I have a, a mental image right now of like her face when, and when the kids were actually watching her music video and she was like sitting there, like staring at their asses. So it was just, it was hilarious. Um, and, and side note, I absolutely love that 70s kind of buttery brown, um, high-waisted pant uh, that, you know, with the, it looked like, you know, it was a slightly oversized blazer uh, number. I, I love what she was wearing. I mean, you know, Wynn loves a dad jacket look, right? And, and she did it kind of all throughout. They all did it, but she did it throughout the Windflower era. 
and it just worked for all of them. Um, but it, to me, this was like a good twist on it because instead of pairing it with like, she usually does the dad jacket with like a short skirt or something or just jeans or something, but, um, she did it with a pant look and, um, you know, I did not get a chance to see her shoes, but I hope that it was like a seventies platform boot or something, <laughs> um, something like that, just to kind of round out that look. But, and, oh, another thing I liked about this was they had a life chart. <laughs> I know in a previous episode, I actually mentioned that the life chart, you know, was, a, is a recurring segment, not every time, but it's a recurring segment on Jesse's show to review. And, um, and I went on and on and on about how much I love these segments because I, I feel like, um, and honestly, if you, if you are interested, you know, go back in the feed for this podcast. And I think it was one, it was the Wasa Guilty Pleasure uh, preview show, I think. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's episode two, um, toward the end, it's a long episode, but toward the end, I start talking about Jesse show to review. And I talk about this, uh, sh- chart and I talk about some of her previous guests and what you learned about it. This is really good. So, I mean, I love a good life chart. I mean, I, I just love it. So, and to me, you learn so much about celebrities, you know, from the way they view their lives and it's as told by them. And it's just really, it's thoroughly interesting. Uh, so if you liked life chart on this, um, Kizzle kid thing, go to Jesse's show to view and just kind of track through and go through some of her old, um, videos and you'll find some segments of with celebrities where they, they go through the life chart. So, but in Wien's life chart, one thing that struck me was that, uh, there's a lot of sadness in Wien's life. She talks about her grandmother dying and being sad about that. And, and then, you know, here, I actually kind of wish that this segment, um, was with grownups, right? And no kids, because, you know, I, I think these themes in life, you know, the life and death themes, you know, they hit different when you're talking to adults, right? You know, of, of any age. Um, but the fact that, you know, she was talking to kids, she couldn't go there, right? She couldn't have that full conversation. I think it would have been a, a deeper conversation if it was with an adult in the room or as the interviewer. So quick side note here, because I know Wien has actually shared uh, some of the stories about her grandmother and um, kind of she's relayed some of the stuff that went down and she's even talked about some of the regrets that she's had regarding her relationship with her grandmother. Um, I actually looked it up and I was so, so, so thankful that I found the clip that I wanted. So um, for anybody who's interested and you're out there and you want to watch um, kind of I'm about to do some quotes. Uh, here's a clip where I'm going to draw it from. It's basically if you go to YouTube and you search um, Mamamoo Chosun, so C-H-O-S-U-N, um, what's going to pop up, I think the first result is going to be a one hour video from a user named Rena Rose, uh, Katakutan. Um, and it's from an appearance that Mama Boo did way, 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 way back in the day. I think it was a uh, decalcomani, uh, timeframe. And they honestly, they look so young. It's just crazy. But anyway, so during that appearance, we, uh, and all the members, but we, and, uh, when they were all prompted to talk, uh, and send a message to their younger selves. And she said something like, you know, I know you're bringing gruff to your grams. And, and I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> uh, but she says, you know, I, I know you're being gruff with your grams, but, but please go places, initiate conversations and treat her well instead of regretting actions later. Uh, so basically, we ends are uh, talking about, you know, she's talking to her younger self and basically saying, you know, be better to your grandmother. Uh, so it's kind of deep. And the host doing an excellent job, you know, follows up and is like, Hey, I mean, cause you can't just leave something like that hanging. Right. So the, the host follows up and is like, Hey, you know, well, what's up with that? What's going on? So when she actually goes on and she starts talking about her grandmother. So, uh, she said that her grandmother was a motherly figure to her 
And uh, here's going to be a, a direct quote uh, from Huyen, and it was basically from a time when she was in high school. So Huyen says, At that time, she, and she's talking about her grandmother, but at that time, she was sick very often. So I kept telling her to go to the hospital. But she wouldn't go and was always lying on the sofa. So I was frustrated. I closed the door and just went to the computer. But suddenly, I really wanted to eat some snacks. Out of nowhere, I wanted to eat those honey twist chips. So I told my grandmother about it, and she bought it for me. So the host, you know, jumps in there and is like, you know, despite being sick, like, what the hell? And she's, and so Wien jumps back in. And so again, continuing the direct quote, Wien says, yes, but at that time, I didn't even know how to be grateful. I must have been crazy back then. So I ate the snack and went upstairs. But a few days later, I got a phone call saying that she was diagnosed with cancer. She was in a deep coma for a while and passed away after. I regretted my actions so much. I mean, talk about the traumatic, damn. Um, so my heart really goes out to Wien. Uh, she obviously has a lot of regret around, you know, her last, essentially what was her last words probably to her, her grandmother. And, and the fact that they were in anger or, um, again, the anger of a child uh, who really didn't know any better. And uh, I know this kind of, you know, fucked up Wien something good because, you know, she's still unpacking that today. Uh, but I'll say this. So, you know, she should really cut herself some slack because, you know, to me, she was a child. And, and I know in high school, you think you're grown, but, you know, truth is you're not. And uh, you're still a child in my book. And the things you do as a child should automatically get a pass. I'm sorry. I mean, unless you're not, you're not physically hurting somebody. But, you know, and, and honestly, I, I'm sure her grandmother wasn't tripping because, you know, believe me, if, if anybody has spent any time with children, you know that they are selfish, selfish, selfish bastards. <laughs> Until they're not. Uh, it's, it's the way of things. I mean, and grandparents of all people, grandparents know you better than you know yourself, right? Because, you know, they know the source code, like they, they know your parents. <laughs> and they know where you got all those, you know, your broodiness and all those ticks that make you, you know, the quirkiness of you, right? Uh, the fact that you're a character, they know exactly where all that shit came from because they were there. Um, and again, at their big age, they've seen it all. They've seen everything. Um, so I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure her grandmother knew in her heart that Wien loved her, obviously, right? And I feel like all parents, and again, I'm not a parent, I don't have kids, but this is, you know, I see a lot of TV. <laughs> but I think... A lot of parents and, and grandparents, especially, they don't, they're not studying, you know, the broodiness of a teenager. Um, again, I think a child, uh, they're not, they're not, they can't take it too seriously. They're, I mean, on some, some levels, of course, there's things that you can lash out and there's other factors. But overall, you know, there's a lot of compassion and grace for young people because they're trying to figure it out. And we know puberty hits hard for some people, right? Um, and again, old people especially they have perspective regarding you know what's important and what's not um so i'm sure you know her grandmother without a doubt knew that wean loved her and um you know wasn't taking a lot of the 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 back talk from a broody teenager uh personal right uh and honestly that's that's why and uh really that's why grandparents are awesome and that's why i really admire them and they deserve respect but even knowing that i'm sure that it still hurts uh and as we saw in this, what, what is this called? It's called Kizzle Kids, I think. Uh, as we saw in this interview, um, I'm sure it still eats at Wien even today. And that's unfortunate. So prayers up to Wien and her mom. 
and and really anybody out there, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, um, anybody out there who's experienced loss and regret, um, like we've all been there. So I just say, please treat yourself with compassion and again, uh, extend some grace to yourself and cut yourself some slack. You know, we're all just trying to figure this out. So I hope that we in and you, uh, dear listener, I hope that you make it through, you know, to the other side of your pain if you're experiencing that. And blessings and light, for real, uh, because whew, it's it's a lot. So I think the, the final thing that I wanted to talk about um, with Wien, and again, I, I couldn't cover everything, um, but believe me, I've, I've seen a lot. And I still, there's again, there's so much going on. The live is doing excellent by her, and there's been a lot of promo. I saw her a shout out from her on um, MTV. I mean, she's just doing great. Um, but I also want to mention, uh, you know, she's obviously been doing fan signs that, you know, again, part of the K Town for You and in others. But there is one uh, Mumu, and it's basically, I think it's K, excuse me, C K I N O Z A. C K I N O Z A. Anyway. Um, as I understand it, I think they did the We In K-Town For You, the uh, January 21st video fan sign with We In. And the question they asked was, do you want to have a fandom name for soloist We In? If yes, what would be the name? And the answer that We In gave, and I thought it was great, she says, you know, rather than creating another fandom nickname for my fans, I want to keep using Mumu for everyone who loves me. I thought this was a very mature and insightful response uh, from Rian overall, like because she's basically saying, you know, that Moomoo's, the fans that have been with her through the climb as a part of Mama Moo, um, those were were her fans, those are her fans now, and those are going to be the same Moomoo's that are going to still be her fans wherever she goes into the future. So, you know, good for her, and and honestly, good for Moomoo's. You know, I I really like this because you know recently we've seen an uptick in division. You know, within the fandom, I I've seen conflict literally in every direction, and it's just a lot of a lot a lot of negativity and, and just bad vibes I just want to say and I'll say this you know just for my two cents you know I think a lot of the negativity and outrage from the different corners you know of the fandom is is, is at its core is coming from a feeling that RBW should be doing more uh, or at least the minimum let me just say um, in terms of promoting the girls and I absolutely get that but also, you know, a lot of it is due to, I think, the boundary lines that are manufactured, you know, or created, you know, regarding the fandoms and the individual members. So, you know, like when you say you love a member, I think that's cool. You know, it's, I think it's just natural. Uh, you, you love, you know, a member. But when you use that allegiance to one member to create kind of an us versus them scenario, um, honestly, I get tired. <laughs> <sighs> And, you know, so let me just say, I appreciate Wien saying what she said. She's basically saying that Mumu is Mumu is Mumu. I mean, there is no distinction. There is, there's no difference. It, again, this is, this is the fandom. So, you know, I just want to say, did y'all hear that? Hello? Did you hear that? Okay, good. <laughs> and sorry if, you know, somebody, you know, thought that, that somebody was knocking on your door. I just kind of did that tap on my uh, desk here. But I just want to say that it was a very strong statement from Wien. I really support her in that because, again, at the end of the day, Mumu is Mumu. And uh, so so that ends kind of the, the Wien segment. And I want to say Wien, beautiful, adorable, baby Hui. <laughs> your comeback has been amazing. 
thank you for your music. And I look forward to seeing you uh, continue to mature in your, your uh, creativity, in your concepts, uh, in your, your new uh, label. I continue to support you in everything that you do. Win, just outstanding. High five. All right, next up, we're going to focus in on Moonbill and her recent comeback. So on Wednesday, January 19th, 2022, Moonbill dropped her new album called Sequence and had Lunatic as the title track, which also had an MV associated with it. Um, I could not find the director of this MV. And sorry if I, uh, if it was maybe staring in my face and I just didn't see it. Um, but that is a kind of a to be determined on my side. Um, but I, we did confirm, obviously, that the choreography came from the Hook uh, dance crew, which has uh, Aiki uh, as its uh, leader. And I'll get more into that in a second. But, you know, now let me address right up top the elephant in the room that is RBW again. <laughs> <sighs> So, you know, the, the music video was supposed to be released at 6 p.m. KST, uh, but it was delayed for more than an hour. And I mean, almost like an hour and a half um, because of uh, some error by like RBW staff. Um, so during the time of the, the delay, like maybe five minutes or 10 minutes after it was you know delayed, anyways, RBW Twitter account, they say they came out with this kind of mea culpa which read like this. So this is from RBW. It says, hello, this is RBW. Regarding the release of Lunatic MV by Moonbule, an error occurred during the upload process and the upload to YouTube is being delayed. In this regard, we bow our heads and apologize to Moomoo's and we will proceed to upload as, as soon as it is resolved. Again, once again, I bow my head and apologize. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And again, I'm, I'm the most uh, positive person you might ever meet, but I was pissed. So uh, again, the, the music video was uploaded more than an hour late. Uh, it was, let me just say, this, it was available on time through One the K. So a lot of folks watched there, uh, which it, it, honestly, is, I think it's okay, I guess, because the views for One the K actually count towards the music show. So, you know, um, and then, but real talk, I mean, some folks, because of the, the delay, you know, they actually watched random ass like lyrics videos to hear the song because, you know, they're available on time. And, um, but before, you know, in this case, the official video was released. So I'm certain that, you know, maybe hundreds, if not thousands of views were lost or uh, uncounted, you know, due to this RBW error. Like, Jesus, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fucked up. I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's, that's objectively, it was fucked up situation. And the fact that RBW, they didn't schedule uh, the release, you know, in advance. I mean, you could upload it and just, I mean, I've never done YouTube like that, but I'm, I'm sure I've done other softwares where you can kind of preload uh, content and um, put a date on it and have it automatically premiere, you know, um, and, and they could have done a premiere where you uploaded it a little bit before, but then turn on the time clock and then it, it makes it available on automatically that way. So to me, like, here we go. The fact that in 2022, you know, the year of our Lord, 2022, with all this technology, right? We got all this technology available literally at our fingertips. They have someone manually, <laughs> like with their thing, they have someone manually upload at the date and time. I mean, it's just outrageous and it's just so backwards. Like, what are you doing? 
RBW, what the fuck? <laughs> like, really, what the fuck? So later that night, I mean, on comeback day, you know, they're in Studio Moon Night, which is co-hosted by Wasa that night. I, I love seeing Wasa in that. So, you know, they're talking and chit-chatting. I love the vibe. I mean, it's just such a good vibe between the two of them, and it was really good. And I like uh, that Hwasa was, you know, keeping the spotlight on Moonbill, like, as as it should be, right? It was her day. It was her week, even. Um, so Hwasa was like, hey, you know, I heard you got angry just now. And Moonbill was like, yeah. And, and she, I think, I mean, it's actually shocking to me that Hwasa didn't know, but sometimes Hwasa's out of it, so who knows, but... You know, so as Moonbill had to tell Hwasa, like, yo, you know, my, my, in, in got uploaded like an hour later than the set time. And Hwasa was like, really? And you could tell they cut away from Hwasa. Like, I'm sure Hwasa was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I know Hwasa, you know, she looks like she can cut a bitch. So, like, for real, I know she's a gentle soul and she's a big ass, adorable little baby. But at the same time, Hwasa is about it, okay? So when she heard that, and she was, like, really, you could tell she wanted to say some shit, uh, but she didn't, so, because that's what a good host does. <laughs> but, and then and then just to look at Moonbiel's face when she's telling Hwasa this, and she just looked like she was, she she was obviously upset. So, I mean, so Moonbiel goes on to say, she's like, she found out about it while she was hosting the Out Now and then, she, you know, she heard that there were errors in, the, in it, that it was delayed. And she herself, so Moonbiel herself, on her Studio Moon Night with Hwasa, she said herself that she was really angry at first. But um, after hearing that the Moomoos actually liked it, her she said her anger subsided. But, you know, it's just literally hours later, I'm sure she was still, you know, white hot heat angry. <laughs> and I would be too, because of course she was angry. You know, she did so much work and effort to create a concept, create lyrics, you know, work on the music, work on the arrangements, learn the choreography, feeling, you know, figuring out the hair, the styling, the makeup, you know, all while hosting Studio Moon Night, excuse me, three times a week and playing, you know, she's out here playing fucking soccer. She's fulfilling, you know, still fulfilling the Mama Moo obligations. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, and the one job, right? The one job, like RBW had one job was to upload the fucking video <laughs> at the set date and time that you yourself telegraphed months in advance, like months in advance. You had one job and you fucked it up. Like, ay yay yay like what in the hell? And so I know Moonbill was outraged. And I know the fans were outraged, you know, on Moonbill's behalf. Because I know, again, I'm the most chill vibe person you will ever meet. But I was pissed. And if you're out there and if you're anything like me, you know, you're also very protective of these girls and you want nothing but the best for them. So, you know, because you know how hard they work and, and we see it. So honestly, and, and let me just say this, the fans, you know, they do a lot of work too, right? So all the anticipation, the buildup, the buying of the ads, the voting, the spreading of the words, they're doing the translating, they're interacting, they're upvoting articles, they're updating websites, you know, not to mention they're buying the fucking albums too, you know, the fans are doing all that work in the lead up to the release of the new music um, that they've been anticipating for months. And what did Moonbill and the fans get? They got fucking crickets, like just crickets. And it was a bumbled release and it was just so not cool. <sighs> so, I mean, I can go on and on, but I will leave it there because, you know, real talk, I don't want to talk about RBW 
anymore. I want to focus back in on Moonbule and the new music. Let's do that, okay? Can we do that? Let's do that. All right. So, <laughs> R-E-W. Uh, anyways, but so again, January 19th, Moonbule dropped her EP, which is basically her third uh, mini album, and it's been two years since uh, Eclipse, and it's called Sequence. So, I mean, real talk, and I'll, I'll put this out there so y'all can laugh at me, but when I first saw this, I actually thought about the R&B singer, I think his name is Black, uh, that also stylizes his name with the number six. So, you know, people mispronounce his name all the time, and they say six lack all the time. Uh, sometimes they do it on purpose, uh, just a troll, and I mean, that happens. Uh, but then, you know, others who are just genuinely confused, you know, like me, uh, they, they fuck up the pronunciation because they don't know what the hell is going on. There's a six in there. It's supposed to be letters, right? Anyways. I just want to shout out anybody who is like me out there who actually had a six sequence uh, moment. Uh, I'm certain that you are not alone. You have, you got me. And and personally, I don't think Moonbill cares. You know, as long how you say it, as long as you you know enjoy the album and you run her her money. <laughs> so, <laughs> y'all know I love Moonbill because she keeps it real. Y'all know Moonbill is about self expression, yes. But also, your girl is about getting pizzed. Like, she wants the money. So, um, she doesn't care what you call this album, I'm sure. Uh, so, let me just say, uh, just so the album itself, it had uh, seven tracks. And these are uh, some of the English translations. So, number track number one is Intro Synopsis. Track number two is G999, featuring, featuring Mirani. Track number three was Shut Down, uh, featuring Sayori. Uh, track number four is Lunatic, and again, I think that's the title track from the album. I could be wrong, but I think that's it, because that's the MV that came out on album day, and the rest were, I think, were just pre-releases, right? Um, track number five was For Me. Uh, track number six was do 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 And of course, I told you, in my origin story, I actually entered into K-pop through the gateway that is uh, Blackpink, I Am A Blink. Uh, so, of course, I saw this and, you know, hit you with that do 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 just in reading it. Anyways, love that. Shout out all the blinks out there. Anyways, uh, and then uh, Lunatic which is the English uh, version. So, you know, uh, and she said it a few times, but, you know, and there was like fan fiction going on and all kinds of stuff, but she, Moonbill really laid it out and she explained the album. Um, and this is from uh, Mood Arata uh, 2. Uh, they kind of summarize it very cleanly and succinctly for me, so I want to just read it. But they basically said, you know, Moonbill, Moonbill, excuse me. So it talks about all the sequence of events that basically happens in a relationship. So everything from the first meeting to the breakup. Um, so basically from when you fall in love, followed by the moments of elated emotions, followed by, you know, heartbreak, um, and in the form of the breakup and, uh, lingering emotions. So, and so on and so forth. So to me, you know, Moonbill did a lot by way of like planning every single detail, you know, song by song as it, you know, as it was a sequence of events around the relationship. I think it was masterful. It was just really, really good. Um, let's talk about the lunatic music video. Oh, how I love this song. So this song was so good that it actually had me going back and, um, re-experiencing Eclipse again and, and loving Eclipse and even her previous stuff even more. Like I love this song so much. This is I say lunatic is by far my favorite song from Moonbill. And and that is a very strong statement, I just said, because I, I loved Eclipse. I loved some of her other stuff. Um, but this is, to me, is spectacular. It's just absolutely spectacular. I love the vibe of it. I love it's a positive, bright concept. Even though she plays like a crazy lady in, the, in a crazy house, 
I love that the styling, I love that, you know, there's so much thought. I mean, the, I mean, real talk. I mean, other people have said this as well. The budget for this, like, I mean, there is, you know, from the choreo, the styling, the hair, the scenes, I mean, was just amazing. And so kudos to her. Like, I love the entire thing. I have worn this song out already. It hasn't even been a full week. I love this song. And let me say, I, I love the, the cropped varsity jackets, like, <laughs> in the music video. Um, where can I get one? Like, I absolutely want one of these. Like, I hope somewhere down the line that she actually offers it up as merch or or even one day has her own clothing line because it's, and then it's just filled with crop jackets because, I mean, we know she loves a crop. I mean, whereas, like, I know Wien loves the, the dad, the oversized dad jacket. Moonbyul loves herself a good cropped jacket. Like, oh my gosh. And to me, the, the only thing here, and, and just, I mean, again, it's just adding the icing on the cake. Like, to me, I would love for it because you know how she has like a cape on the shoulders and almost like a band uh, look, um, but or like a it's like a varsity, you know, band <laughs> look. But I, I would love and it's just a flap. Right. But I, I would love for that to be a, an actual hood, you know, where you could pull it up and have a hood on your crop jacket. I think like I, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure like JLo has a clothing line or something like that. And I'm sure she, I've seen this look on JLo and in pretty sure that Beyonce and her uh, Ivy Park collection has something similar to what I'm trying to describe. It's basically the cropped, you know, and of course hers is athletic gear, but cropped uh, jacket, but it has a hood and it's just such a cute, cute look. And uh, that's what I would want. But I know for the look that Moonbyul was going for, you know, it would kind of mess up the aesthetic because, but you know, uh, to me, if if she was doing that, but with the, the hooded cropped varsity jacket, that would be everything. Like, oh my gosh, there's just so many possibilities. I, so let me just end there. I mean, I need to stop talking about this damn cropped <laughs> hooded jacket that I want in my, in my fantasies here. Um, but to me, uh, I, I love the look, all the looks in the Lunatic music video. And specifically, the number one look that I liked was, um, and, and I think it was the, the Lunatic, it came from the Lunatic teaser poster as well. She put this out before the MV dropped. And it's basically the moonstruck version of uh, <laughs> her. I mean, to me, this was my favorite out of everything I saw so far. Far, and it's basically amazing styling. So, so normally I actually gravitate to like a full-on glam look because, to me, you know, like that's the joy of K-pop. Like it's just everything's on a hundred, right? Um, from you know, styling, hair, nails, makeup, everything. It's just that's that's what attracts me to K-pop. So. But uh, the 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 moonstruck like when she's in the um, you know the bed with the feathers flipping up and stuff like that, um, and she has her hair like it's it's purposefully a style to be a little bit disheveled, just a little bit. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, hello, she's in a psych ward, right? Uh, but the overall look to me was wonderful. So first of all, you had the red hair, and then the lighting was absolutely on point. So I'm kind of talking about the MV and the teaser poster itself, so kind of at the same time, but. You know, I love that red and white checkered pattern, um, you know, which kind of contrasted with the white of the hospital bed. Um, I love the combat boots in that. <laughs> like I, um, 
you know, even though, I mean, just personally, I reject the idea of having shoes anywhere near a bed, but you know, I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll keep, I'll keep it to myself. Um, but it, but to me in this music video, it actually worked and it was very cool. And, and again, I talked about the feathers on her and at the time of the teaser photo, I was like, are those feathers <laughs> on her shoes? But I was in it. I was so intrigued. Right. Um, but I think it, like, I love that whole scene in the envy and I loved it on the, the teaser poster. And then normally also I'm, I'm not a fan of color contacts, uh, but I love the, the kind of, she had soft green eyes and I thought the green was actually a great pairing with the red hair and the hospital environment overall. So, you know, and, and to me, some, uh, well, and I think I recall somebody saying, you know, remarking that, uh, online that Moonbule actually looked like an anime character <laughs> in this. Um, and I'm inclined to agree. Like I, I agree with everybody who calls her a baby doll or a doll baby, because, you know, she actually looks like a real life doll baby. Like it's just, it's insane. Um, so I just want to say, I absolutely love the images, uh, in the Tudor photo, but also in the MV itself. So when I go back to the, when I go through the album, like what's in the album, I didn't look closely, but I, I'm hoping this is actually one of the poster images, um, that are our possibility, uh, for fans to get, because uh, if so, like if there, if it is a possibility, I so want this one. Like this is the one I want the the moonstruck version of the teaser fo- poster. Because um, I think it's just it's so well done. Okay, so that was the uh, lunatic envy, which I loved. And again, I'm gonna wear continue to wear that song out. It is my number one, and I can say that without a doubt, my number one favorite uh, song from Moonbule. Just period. Like, there's no question about it. It's an amazing song. Um, so let's talk about G999. So um, as a pre-release, Moonbill, um released this music video. And, you know, at the time, it was just great to see content. Like, you know, Moonbill had a steady rollout of, you know, these pre-releases, you know, stories, boards. You know, again, it was almost like AU fiction. <laughs> uh, it was just really cool. So um, in this uh, particular song, it actually features an artist named uh, Mirani. And it's an upbeat song, and it has also positive vibes. I actually, I am, again, we've already established I am not a singer. Um, But those actually reminded me of a producer, an American producer from Atlanta called The Dream. And um, a song, specifically a song called I Love You Girl. Anyways, you know, it actually, to the point where it actually had me checking the credits to see if if he was on the track, right? Because, you know, you never know. Uh, but no, it, this is entirely a Moonbill production with Marani uh, having a songwriting credit alongside her as well as others on the team. So, but overall, uh, this one had like an, a nice 80s pop feel to it. I mean, very boy band sound, kind of like the Backstreet Boys and stuff. Um, and it also had a little bit of New Jack Swing in there as well. So, um, and I liked this the spray paint uh, kind of in the background. It, it reminded me of uh, kind of that whole 80s aesthetic, right? Um, and I mean, the more recent thing and another callback in and of itself, but it was uh, Cardi B and Bruno Mars um, in their finesse video uh, and song. And in, in, in that finesse video, it was kind of like an ode to In Living Color. And for me, it's kind of a similar vibe to what like Moonbill was doing here in the G909 uh, music video. So uh, to me, the only thing that was missing was maybe that they got the spray can out, the paint buckets out, and then it showed them making a mess at the end. And so to me, that's why I thought they, you know, I thought that's what they were leading up to because they started the video. They're in this pristine white, you know, kind of jumpers. And I thought later on in the music video, they were going to like, you know, get, get each other dirty and just start painting on each other. But, you know, 
I was wrong. And, and to me, maybe a missed opportunity. Go ahead and get, get messy with it. Anyways, but I will say the, the vibe of the song is really good. I did enjoy it, um, but I, I did enjoy it. But uh, and, and honestly, I have listened to it a few times because um, I am trying to do my part in helping streaming and stuff like that. But, you know, I haven't listened to it in a few days now. Um, but I'll, I'll press play on it because I'm, I'm now absorbing, you know, the whole album as well. I'll press play on it again. But, um, it you know, it's not my number one uh song overall but it was, it was i mean it was good though i mean i can't like i said even when i say i don't like it i still love it you know what i mean because i still listen to it often <laughs> so almost don't don't believe what i say uh anyways um so moving right along so let's let's get to shut down which is another pre-release uh and i also watched that music video um and I, i'll just say like before the i have to I'm, I'm, again, I'm going through the whole album right now. The whole album is good. Um, and I'm trying, starting to put songs, pull, you know, how you, I'll listen, but I'll pull my own songs out and put it onto my own playlist. So, you know, this one hasn't made it to my playlist, but structurally, um, I actually like this groove better than G999. Now, again, Lunatic is my number one, but I, I like the groove of this way better than G999 because it's, it, I think Mirani and Moonbill, their voices do complement each other very well. And, um, but it's, how can I say it? It's almost, they complement each other almost too much, if that makes sense. Um, for some reason, you know, I know they have different voices and Moonbill is, is notorious for having like a low voice and things like that. But for some reason in this particular song, their songs, their, their voices, excuse me, sounded so, so, so similar. Um, you know, I mean, if I were to put voices into buckets, right, for this particular song, I'm actually putting both of their voices in the same bucket. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, I wanted a little bit more contrast in the voices. Um, but, you know, I, but I, let me say this, you know, I absolutely love what it stands for. And I think it's truly brave and fearless thing that Moonbill did here with this music video and with this song. Like, oh my gosh. So you so the the importance of this song elevates it just you know into a, a category in and of itself on its own like in terms of how impactful it is right so <laughs> let me say this so if you if you haven't heard <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know what uh just side note this is the first time i've heard my laugh so much and i didn't know i laughed like this so you know hey discovery discovery but uh i can't change it now <laughs> Anywho, um, but you know, if you haven't heard the song shut down, uh, it basically talks about, you know, sexy times between two women and the lyrics basically describe, you know, going down on a woman. So, uh, the lyrics, let me say the lyrics, <laughs> it actually reads like erotic poetry, you know, which I don't think anybody was expecting. Cause you know, I, I forget who said it online, but the, from the teasers, you know, the fans thought it was going to be about loss, right? Like almost like, you know, the death of a friend or a lover or something like that. So, you know, we thought it was going to be very sentimental and maybe even like weepy, you know, like we were going to be crying through it and stuff. But, but no, <laughs> uh, Moonbeal's out here banging. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So here we go. Let's let's listen to or let's let's talk about these lyrics. So here, listen to this. Here we go. And again, I'm just jumping around a little bit, so it's not you know everything I say isn't going to be sequential or whatever. But here we go. So the lyrics. She says, 
Hug me in this dark night. I'll move to your rhythm. She said, you can ruin me. From your head to your toe, hold my waist till there. Touch down, touch down. From your head to your toe, on your lap till morning. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. And here's the, the piece de resistance. She says, row a boat inside you. Inside you, I'm an experienced boatman. Girl. <laughs> Mobile. Listen, Moonbeal is out here getting it in. Oh my gosh. Is this she and, and she wants everybody to know. This is crazy. It's just uh, ma'am. <laughs> now, now mind you, let me just say, you know, Moonbeal hasn't come out yet. But she, you know, honestly, she may as well have. And, and and again, I'm not here to like talk about tabloid stuff or anything. Like what she's doing is her own business. But, you know, from the sound of it, you know, she's actually having a, a very good time. <laughs> And this song is, you know, as my, my friend would say, uh, uh, it's it's clearly gay, right? You know, like clearly. So let me read a few uh, reactions and responses to folks um, from Twitter. Um, I actually, you know, agree and support everything that they're saying. And they probably, they say it better than I do. So that's why I read a lot from Twitter because like this is, they just encapsulize it and make it concise. Uh, and they're kind of saying what I'm thinking. So uh, Buell's Moonchild. They say basically, and they said in a tweet, uh, K-Moos, and that's basically a word for Korean moos, um, K-Moos explaining the lyrics and letting us know that mountains means breasts and bridge means legs, and basically telling us that part of the lyrics is actually not subtle at all, uh, but it's actually referring to going down on someone. So, <laughs> uh, another one, Solar Milf, they say, you know, there are one or two other k-pop songs i've seen shut down compared to uh for its sapphism uh, but what i think sets it apart is that it portrays love between women as desirable and good and intimate and not evil or bad or corrupting in any way i haven't seen another k-pop song do that and then in a second tweet they follow up you know thank you to moonbill and siori for giving us a k-pop song that says loving women is a good thing uh, so again, I love that comment from again Solar Milf, and and I have two more comments I wanted to read. Uh, one comment from Kiwi Buley. Uh, so basically, they said uh, the thing I love the most though is how beautifully written it is. Uh, it describes making love to a woman like it's poetry and sapphic art instead of being vulgar. Uh, so I like how she's been so open about how it's an erotic song about a relationship between women. Uh, things like this mean a lot. <clears throat> so that was Kiwi Buley. And then the last comment I'll read, uh, just kind of summarizing, you know, the thoughts and, and the, the accolades that Moonbuel is getting for, for the bravery in this song. Uh, last comment here is from Buell Berry, uh, so B-Y-U-L-B-A-E-R-I. They said, thank you, Moonbuel, for making such a horny song with beautiful lyrics. My teachers didn't even notice, and, and they did check the lyrics, and they approved me to cover this song at a school festival. <laughs> so I'm like, aw, it's just so cute. So let me just say, Moonbill, this is great um, for so many reasons. So number one reason why this is great. Um, number one reason is it is brave as fuck, right? Since South Korea is a very conservative culture and society, 
um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, we, we are in living in 2022 right now, but there's a lot of progress that still needs to be had in terms of, you know, being able to accept people as they are and make sure that people can live their full authentic selves without the um, fear of being, you know, hurt or penalized um, or abandoned by society, right? So, and in, in specifically in South Korea, they're more conservative. My sense of it is that they're a very conservative country. Um, I know we still have a lot of progress that needs to be made here in America, but South Korea, like they are probably, you know, decades behind us in terms of accessibility, visibility, and representation of gay culture in society at large. So, um, so number one, this is brave on behalf of Moonbill. Number two, you know, if Moonbill is gay, then she's obviously at a point in her career where she doesn't have to hide um, who she is, which I think is damn cool. Like, wow. Just imagine, I mean, just let's just sit on that point. Like, she's at a point right now in her career where she's just like, fuck it. This is me. Take it or leave it, right? Love that for her. And as I understand it, you know, not everybody in South, I mean, I just talked, alluded to it, but not everybody in South Korea has that luxury, like overall. So I saw some Moomoo's actually comment on the song from locked Twitter accounts, uh, which kind of highlighted the fact that you can't even comment on a song as a gay person without fear of some kind of negative consequence. So um, to me, you know, it's it's a big deal that she's just out here, right? I mean, <laughs> pun intended. All the, I intended all the pun. On, <laughs> um, and then I'll go on to say, you know, like, and the fact that so so not only was it you know explicitly clear what the song was about, she's doing this at a point in her life, so she doesn't care about the repercussions because she's you know uh, you know uh, fighting to be her authentic self, right? Um, and then. Um, whether it be on her own behalf or on behalf of others, you know, however it flows. I mean, I think it's, again, it's still brave. And then the South Korea media surprising everybody by actually acknowledging that the song is, is yes, is gay as fuck. <laughs> and I say that with love. Um, but that that is a breakthrough in and of itself as well. So like, because again, K-Moves were posting headlines that said, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically the headlines from South Korean media was that, you know, here we go, Moonbyul, release a gay ass song and here's why it's popping, right? <laughs> Instead of what they would normally do would be like, you know, here's gals being pals, you know, <laughs> or, or something else that's, you know, purposefully being obtuse to the reality of this situation, right? In terms of that it is, you know, consenting love between, you know, women. And, you know, to me, the South Korea, you know, like, you know, just almost blase about it. Like, oh yeah, you know, Moonbill, gay, you know, no big deal. And, and treating it like it, it's, I mean, it just is, and that's how it should be treated. It is not a big deal. Just, you know, a love song is a love song is a love song, you know, right? I mean, real talk, right? So anyways, and then, so that was a big deal. So, I mean, it's just like, bro, pow, pow, like, it's just so powerful at every way you turn on this thing. So, and then another thing that's cool about this is that the song got cleared on broadcast. So, so basically this song is going to be the background song of a TV scene in the future, right? So it's, I mean, it, it, to me, that is also, you know, some, a small semblance that the needle, you know, the, the acceptance needle is moving, uh, in the right direction. And there, there is kind of, it's trending toward hopefully, you know, increased social acceptance from society. And again, just wow at that, like, wow, <laughs> that's great. That's amazing. And then, 
And then the last thing I'll say about, again, why this is so fucking awesome is that um, as we heard with the, the last comment um, that I read out, and it was obviously from a kid in grade school or something, and, you know, the song is written in a way that young people, right, you know, young marginalized people that are based on, you know, their sexual orientation can see themselves reflected. It's just amazing. So, you know, and and not only are they seeing themselves reflected, they're seeing themselves reflected in a K-pop idol of all things, right? Like how major is that? Just, I mean, just thinking of the next generation of kids who will see kind of role models like Moonbyul living in their truth it's kind of inspiring. I mean, it's the kind of thing that will give you chills if you really think about it. So I just want to say good for her. Good for Moonbeal. Excellent song. Again, it's, it's after talking about it now, I'm going to add it to a playlist. I need to give it some more streams. It is actually a good song. I like it. Um, it fits my R&B vibe. It's, it's good. I'm going to, I mean, kudos to you, Moonbeal, and hat tip to you. Just brava, brava. All right, so let's switch gears to the album itself. So the pre-order period for this uh, third mini album was from uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th, all the way up to January the 18th. Um, similar to Wien's album, there it comes in two versions. There's like a version one and a version two. <clears throat> so whereas We was East and West, uh, Moonbeal is one and two. So version one, so you have the out package. And then you have a CDR, which for version one, it's white. And what I, I like what it was going on here. It was like actually had a vintage film reel kind of look to it. And, um, you know, almost as if you're in a theater and you're kind of going to, you know, mount the reel on like a, like a, a two reel kind of projector and, and screen a film, right? Um, you know, the, the, the more I thought about this over time, like the more I actually love this concept. I mean, I imagine that Moonbeal you know, had a lot of fun kind of kicking these ideas around and finding cool ways to kind of make it come to life. So in the uh, uh, album, it also has a 96-page photo book, uh, as well as a film sticker binder and a film sticker, uh, one out of six uh, random. And then uh, it also has a mini poster set, and there's uh, six each, and they're kind of uh, green, orange, and purple dividers. And then there's a receipt message. And um, I like the receipt message. Um, so she, I think she's done an unboxing. Unfortunately, I have not uh, watched that yet because I just haven't had time. But I feel like I saw a clip of her saying that she really wanted that receipt message. I think it's a cool look. It's, it, it looks as if you'd like you go to the theater and they give you a receipt for your ticket. And then so she put her kind of message. I mean, it's my understanding. And again, I'll, I'll watch the content and then I'm, hopefully I'll get my own albums in the mail soon. But um, you know, I think she wrote uh, her comments or her uh, message to Moomoo's on the receipt and it looks like a receipt. It's just really cute. Anyways, again, I haven't seen the unboxing, but I, I think I saw a clip where the public card is basically a, a contraption that you can make that allows the, the uh, photo card to pop out. <laughs> um, almost like, uh, you know, spitting out like a, like a Polaroid or something like that. So I think that's cute. I, I don't know if that's really the case. Uh, so don't, don't come for me. Um, but, uh, what I thought it was beforehand, I actually thought it was, you know, a paper, um, based projector screen thingy, you know, that you can actually, cause I don't know if you've seen those, uh, car cardboard deals. Uh, I've actually bought this once or twice, even for family members in the past where you take this cardboard and you can kind of, you know, pull, uh, fold it together and then you can dock your cell phone on it and it'll project a light through it. Or, uh, it, or the, the image from your cell phone will be projected onto a screen. So it's like a cardboard projector that you can just fold and play, right? 
and the only thing you need is your cell phone. So I thought originally that's what I thought it was, but either way, I think it's so creative and uh, really applaud her for really thinking about the different elements of the album itself. I mean, in a div- they always talk about what they would be doing if um, they weren't singing or if it was an alternate universe. One profession that never comes up for Moonbule, which I think would be totally in her bag if she did, would be product design. You know, she could be, I could see her as a design engineer for like Apple, you know, or in doing all the boxing and packaging. Like when you open up a package, like how things are sorted and organized and it's like everything's ergonomically correct and stuff on the device itself. She loves that shit. <laughs> so I feel like that would be something that she could totally do. So I th- I think of her as a product designer uh, in the in an alternate universe, but whatever. Okay, and then uh, just to finish out volume one of the uh, album, you know, the lastly you get uh, two uh, of a possible 16 random photo cards, and then you get one poster, and it's a random out of four possible poster designs. So that's version one of the of the album. So version two, and honestly, this is the version that I ordered. So I again, I was running out of money, and it's it's mainly shipping and handling. But I've already talked about that. But you know, if the shipping and handling wasn't so high, I'd be all over this. I'd probably be able to buy like seven. But uh, anyways, so I I actually bought version two. So again, you have the out package, and then the CDR for the version two is gold instead of white. Uh, so that's a difference there. And it has a 98-page uh, photo book instead of 96 pages for Volume 1. And then also in Volume 2 here, you get one movie poster, which is basically one out of uh, a possibility of six. Uh, again, is chosen at random. Um, and you get this movie poster instead of the film sticker binder and the film sticker poster. And again, that was one out of six random. Uh, and then you get a mini poster set again, and that's six each, and it comes in the green, orange, purple dividers. You get the receipt message. You get the pop-up card. And again, it looks like a paper-based projector screen. But I think I'm wrong there. <laughs> but And then you get two of the 16 random photo cards and get one poster and, again, random out of four. So I made the decision to get the version two uh, of the album because I, and honestly, I just followed my curiosity with this one because I, I was, I was, and I am, you know, genuinely interested in what the movie posters uh, would look like. Um, and if I, you know, hang it on a wall, um, you know, I thought it would be really cool overall. So, and also, you know, as with everything in life, I'm trying not to live, I'm trying to live without regrets. <laughs> so, um, when I was looking at the options for both, you know, to me, I was just flash forwarding because again, the the main difference is whether you get the movie poster versus the film sticker binder and the film stickers. And I just, in my mind, I was like, you know, if I'm just sitting there minding my own business and I saw a tweet one day about a bomb ass poster and I selected the version, you know, with the stickers, you know, I kind of, I, low key, I would be pissed. <laughs> so, um, you know, because to me, if if I saw somebody that had the stickers and I missed out, I'd be like, ah, meh, you know, okay, right? And this is just my personal opinion, right? Um, you know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Like, okay, somebody got some stickers that I didn't get. But if I saw somebody with a movies poster that I didn't get, and if they're as cool as I think they're going to be, then, you know, I personally would feel some kind of way. So, so I went with the movie poster version of the album to prevent, you know, the, the white hot rage of jealousy that I know I'm capable of <laughs> if given the chance. <laughs> so, so uh, and that's not the wave and that's not how I want to be in life. So again, I want to live without regrets and I want to, you know, be chill over here. So I, I got version two. 
And um, I think actually, again, I'm here it is Monday, uh, the 24th, and I'm recording this. I think I did get a, a, a ping from DHL that it is on the way. So hopefully by the end of the week, I will actually have my albums in hand. Um, so looking forward to that. So that's the album in a nutshell. And again, I'm, I, I am very impressed with the concept and the overall and the planning and just how cool all the swag is. I mean, I, I can't wait to get this album and kind of dig in and see, you know, all the cool stuff on my own here. Um, but I do want to mention, so the marketing, so, you know, Moonbill, it seems like she's doing her own promo, uh, for reasons that we all know, but we're not going to talk about because we want to stay positive. Um, but she appears to have hired her own team and, you know, I think it's uh, related to her YouTube channel, but there's, you know, it's the, the rollout, including like the teasers, the concept photos, you know, everything has been phenomenal. And I know she's a big piece behind that. Um, and she's been posting like crazy on Instagram lately, you know, she's been doing the, doing the lunatic uh, dance challenges with literally everybody in her contacts. Like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> um, of, of every, I mean, she's been with everybody, uh, around town, right. Um, of, of everything that I've seen and they're all cute, uh, and they're all adorable, but I think, I think the one with Summy and, uh, the soccer squad one, I forgot what their name is because I haven't watched the show. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, I thought the soccer squad, uh, doing it and sell me that is just super cute um so and to me she's been moonbill has been doing everything she possibly can and in, in terms of amplifying linking to everything you know she even posted that she herself pre-ordered her own shit right <laughs> and i mean i mean if that's not dedication i don't know what is i mean jesus so i mean good for her um and then again i have to circle back to the red hair so we we actually saw that moonbill dyed her her hair red and she had been hiding it for weeks right um and and i think in that is it's it's marketing right she's creating a lot of anticipation for the eventual reveal and um i had hoped you know, she had done an undercut. I feel like somebody in K-pop needs to do an, a woman needs to do an undercut <laughs> because, um, you know, it's, I think it would be, it would look like a tapered, you know, with the long, long on the top. I mean, I mean, pick any member of like BTS, you know, just have that, but on a woman, I mean, back when Sol Solar did it, I mean, they need to revisit that. Like, it's just, it's so sharp anyways. And, and don't ask me, I don't, I don't know why I want somebody to have cut their hair, but I think, you know, all the members with short hair, it just works. So, um, but I'll just say, you know, shout out to um, Mobile, you know, for, you know, being like a marketing maestro over here, you know, generating that suspense. And then I hope, you know, that now that it has been revealed that it hit the way that she wanted it to hit. Right. Um, and again, serving to uh, drive up anticipation for the album. Um, and, and I'll just say, you know, uh, again, because she's so she's getting better and better, you could tell. Um, with album promo and I think it was actually an out now interview on studio moon night um, so her platform but it had was as a guest um, when was was doing her out now excuse me performance for um, I'm a B you know Moonbill mentioned that she's watching YouTube videos on marketing and, and it's her vision to actually kind of create the rails uh, that all the members can use in the future in terms of marketing. So, you know, just, I love that vision, you know, like the vision of, you know, we all eat. <laughs> I love that mentality overall. So, you know, I think it's great for Moonbill, but it's also great for her squad. And I think hopefully, you know, if she, she follows through even in 20% of what she's projecting in terms of helping her other members, then, you know, that, that think they're better off for it. I think it's great for you and your squad and it's, it's good to see overall. 
All right. I'm actually looking through my notes here. There's just some scribbles of things that I wanted to touch on. And I mean, I'm not even like halfway through my list. I mean, geez, there's a lot. So I'm going to start maybe even talking faster. <laughs> um, so the the next thing I wanted to just highlight, uh, and again, I'm not going to go through everything uh, that Moonbill has done. She's doing a lot. And, and again, good for her. Um, I do definitely want to touch on the fact that uh, Moonbill was on uh, Solar Shido. Uh, so they released an episode. It was like a just interview episode that came out on Thursday after um, the Wednesday that her uh, album dropped. And, you know, I, I absolutely love their vibe. I love that, you know, Solar is 100% supportive. Um, and But, you know, that they know each other so well, right? So they love to poke, poke fun at each other. And you could tell that they were, you know, getting a lot of joy out of just, you know, giving each other a hard time. Um, but both of them were cheesing so hard and, and just enjoying themselves. So like it was, I really did get a kick out of seeing, you know, Moon Sun together, right? Um, There's a, f- a few cool things that we learned. So we learned that the lunatic uh, killing point dance is the scissors rock paper, um, which kind of blew my mind. So like when I saw uh, Moonbule demonstrating it, because it's, it's so simple, but it's like aligned with the song, but in an, an imaginative way. And like, come, to, come to find out like later on Studio Moon Night, she had the hook uh, dance crew on as a guest and uh, Moonbule actually mentioned that Aki, um, and I hope I'm saying her name right. And my apologies if it's not, but Aki, um, that, uh, who's the leader of the hook crew, um, was basically the one who came up with scissors rock paper dance, the name at least, uh, and, and obviously the dancer herself. Right. Um, so I just want to say thank you to Aki and the hook dance crew, because I think it's so cool. And, uh, uh while I'm here, so another thing that crystallized for me uh, during that hook uh, appearance on Studio Moon Night was the the tie-in with Moonbill's name and the reference to the moon, uh, you know, the the word Luna uh, in the word lunatic. So Moonbill is actually low-key shouting out herself when she's saying Lu-lu-lu-lu-na-na-lunatic. I, I forget. <laughs> we all know that I'm like melody challenged, but lulu na 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 Luna tick, right? She's calling out. She's basically like moon, 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 biola tick, right? That's kind of what she's saying. Luna, moon, moon, biol, biuli, right? <laughs> moon, biuli. You know, it's 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 so cute. It's so cute. Like I love it. So, um, and again, I've already gave shout out to Moon Biol and her red hair um, as part of like the marketing campaign around it and the look that was in the Moonstruck, uh, teaser poster, as well as in the Moose video. But, you know, here on Soto Shido, you know, she had the, the red hair with the gray sweater, you know, that was, it was a good look for her. It was, it was giving me like CEO on a vacation in a beach community, you know, like the Hamptons or something. Right. Um, and maybe she just came back from a fresh market. I mean, it's, it's very soft and, and almost like a catalog look that I really liked from her. And I know she had on makeup, like a full face, but the, the, the makeup appeared to be on the lighter side that day. So the overall look was, was soft and casual, and it was just a good vibe for her. Loved it. Loved it. Um, and then another thing that we learned is that uh, Moonbule does not try on clothes in the store. <laughs> Uh, she just raises it up against herself, evaluates, and buys. <laughs> I was kind of shocked and awed by this, but um, and it's such a boss move, right, to be able to buy clothes without trying them on first. Um, but but after I thought about it for like half a second, um, you know, it actually tracks well with what we know about Moonbeal. So we know Moonbeal likes to be covered. Uh, we see it in her past comments, in her, uh, and we just see it in her general clothing, you know, day to day clothing style. She just likes to be covered. 
so I can imagine, you know, kind of from her perspective, uh, that the thought of, you know, taking off your clothes in a dressing room, which, you know, really is an unfamiliar environment, um, you know, it just may not be your thing, right? Uh, because, you know, you're exposed, right? I mean, when you're trying on clothes, right? Um, and, you know, she doesn't like exposing herself. So, so I get it, you know, she's, she's still, it's still a boss move, um, to be able to just buy clothes and, and, um, you know, and even having that good sense of whether or not something fits you or not. I mean, that's actually probably an art and a skill, right? Um, so kudos to her. And, and again, it just made sense to me overall, but I was like, what? Cause I, I would love to be that way, but but if it's like a like a seesaw, like with on one side, you know, where I do the boss move of just picking something up and walking out the store with it on the other side, you know, it's unbalanced because my it would be my anxiety around like, what if it doesn't fit? That means I have to come to the store again and like do a return or whatever. And yada, yada, yada. I, I'd rather to avoid having to go back to the store again. I, I, I will I actually shop very fast, but I will try everything on because I want to make sure that shit is for me. So I don't need to do any, any, any other transactions. I mean, I'm just saying. And then uh, just to kind of finish out, you know, the appearance that Moonbill did on Solar Shido, you know, Moonbill and Solar, you know, obviously Moon Sun, you know, they have, they're just, you know, to me, I think they're soulmates, you know, uh, friends or not. They obviously, you know, work very well together. Um, so uh, Moonbill was on Studio Moon Night again with the Hook Dance crew, and she said some sweet words about Solar. So she said, you know, out of... Um, I guess he was prompted, you know, out of all the people you know, who's the sweetest person? And Moonbill responded, she said, you know, for me, it's Solar Uni. Um, you know, there are lots of videos that have yet to be released yet. Ah, like I can only remember that I've cried. And I was like, oh, no. So uh, I know a lot of fans, you know, their ears <laughs> perked up on that because basically, you know, she alluded to the fact that, you know, we might get some maybe uh, Solar Shido or a Moonbilly Da uh, content, maybe that shows moonbill crying over solar and i can't wait <laughs> like give me all the sentimental you know hug yourself and look out a window you know shit that's that's my shit like i love it uh so i'm looking forward to it and again it's it's good that each of the girls has a platform to be used to help amplify the, you know the creativity and in the work product of the others right so so shido has a platform for moonbilly da to to or moonbill excuse me to come and talk about her album and then in that i think there was like a little bit of a, a threat around it but they made the understanding that when solar drops her album she's going to come on studio moon night so i thought that was cool they obviously love each other and support each other i think it's just great overall so that kind of concludes everything I wanted to say about the album. I think the only other thing I wanted to maybe mention here was the Mnet K Countdown performance that she had on Thursday as well. Um, I really enjoyed that performance. And again, I love Lunatic. Um, I love the acting in the ambulance. I thought that was particularly good. Um, so high five to her. You know, I, I would like give me all the drama and the acting. I thought it was great. Um, and it was just really fulfilling to see, you know, her with like, she had absolutely no fear on her face as she was performing. I mean, Moonbule... As including all of the members of Mama Moo, but Moonbill in this instance, she just looks so comfortable on stage. You know what I mean? Like truly comfortable. And I know she was probably nervous, but you don't see it. And I said this again uh, previously for Solar. You don't see any fear, no nervousness, nothing. It's like they lit, they were born to be on the stage. And it's just absolutely amazing to see. And it's obvious, you know, that they are in their element when they're on the stage. And they're in particular with Moonbill, she's just shining so brightly, right? With the, with, with the authenticity of herself. 
and she is a star. I mean, it just, I mean, and I'm, I have to admit that I, I need to do a better job of giving Moonbill her credit, like give credit where credit is due. Moonbill is a star and, you know, everything about her album and all of her appearances, all of her performances was just spectacular. And I just want to say, you know, just amazing. All right, so um, so a few other things I just want to mention while I'm here on on Moonbill, just uh, just as like a, again, just to archive it for my own self, um, you know. So um, let's and let's circle back to Moon Sun. So uh, Moonbill and Solar. So Solar did a YouTube live, and it actually turned into a Young Kong Kong live, right? Uh, YKBK, um, and I'm going to say YKBK because it actually is a tongue twister for me for some reason. So I actually watched this live. Yay, Jazzyan. Um, I watched it live and I was so happy. Like they're so cute. So, you know, the 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 V the YouTube live that they were both on came out a few hours after Buell uh dropped her, you know, gay ass song <laughs> that everybody thought would be angst. And again, you know, we were so wrong. Uh and I still can't get over it. Oh my gosh. But uh, Solar was very funny asking uh, Moonbill about the lyrics. Like she was like, "Okay, you put your hands there, and then where, and then what?" Right? <laughs> Basically, she was daring Moonbill to to say something, right, and to talk about the explicit nature of that song. Um, so let me just say, you know, this was actually my first real time Moon Sun live. Thank you, thank you. It was so great. Um, I feel like this is a, a grand achievement, actually. Um, so I have my little merit badge now. Thank you. Um, uh, so what do you call it? Achievement unlocked, right? <laughs> um, and, and again, I've been looking at their faces a lot more. Both of their faces, between Solar and Moonbill, their faces are so expressive. Um, and it, I, I thought it was great because even though I didn't know, I mean, I know people were translating and I usually do have Twitter up and side by side with like whatever I'm watching so I can, you know, understand what they're saying. Uh, but this time, you know what, I just, I just rolled with it. I just watched them, you know, I didn't know what they were saying, but I knew what they were saying, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I didn't feel the need to check, you know, the play by play while it was on. So I just, I wanted to be in the moment. I recognized it was a, a, a moment for me. Uh, so I wanted to be there fully. Right. So I stopped kind of multitasking between two windows and I just, you know, looked at, I just watched them and, and it was hilarious. Like when, when, uh, Mobile like broke the chair and almost fell. Like I was, I again, I'm always laughing at them and with them, right? <laughs> so, and then the inter international theme song that they made on the fly for like you know viewers like me who are watching, like they they are such characters. Like it's just crazy. Um, so, like I said, even with the language barrier, I was I was cracking up and I absolutely loved it. Uh, moving on, I mean, let's stay with Moon Sun because there's a lot of Moon Sun content. Let me talk about Bada Boom, <laughs> Bada Boom. So. Lunatic is number one right now for me. I mean, no question, without a doubt. But Bada Boom is like one. If if Lunatic is one A, Bada Boom is like, I wouldn't say one B because I I love Lunatic that much. Let me just say it's right in a, the number two slot right now in terms of the songs that I play the most. Um, and and I actually so like while I was driving around in the car, like I said, I, I listened to Wein, uh, her whole album, but. I, I've been repeating Pink Cloud and Make Me Happy and The Letters Filled With Light. Like, those are my favorite three songs off of the album. I was playing those. So I've got to hear that in, you know, the surround sound of a car, right? Um, and then Bada Boom. I, I listened to Bada Boom in the car, and that was a moment. When I tell you, like, it was just like, okay, head bob. 
so you know again there was a lot it was a lot of uh, it, it came out i think the first time fans saw it was it was part of like a pre-recorded dance challenge in as a part of the street dance girls fighter finals <laughs> say that three times in a row um but the there was a team i don't know who what the team was but the team with like the black um uh in yellow it basically had the yellow adidas stripes on their arms and stuff they ate that choreography like and and the song was definitely a bop it's definitely on my playlist it's it's so good and it's so hype it's good for like you know working out or 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 like when you're getting dressed in the morning and you're you're going nowhere because it's still pandemonium outside um (laughs) um, but i love the energy of that song it was really good and yeah, that was part of the crazy day, I think, on uh, December the 30th in terms of content coming at uh, Moomoo's from like every direction, you know, so, you know, uh, It's Majo, I-T-S-M-A-J-O, had a comment that said, you know, time to go to bed. This day was overwhelming. <laughs> uh, from Hwasa's V Live, Moomoo's new song, Solar's collab song, and then the only YKBK live of the year. And then you had the Wien, that day also, Wien and Ravi, they, they did... Uh, uh, there, I forgot the name of that, um, thing where they were sitting side by side and they were talking together. Um, and then they ended with a whole moon sun song. So this person was like, please, I need to rest. (laughs) So the theme of Mama Moo is, is literally content tsunami. Like they're just so productive and it is, it's insane. Like as a fan, you literally get new content like every seven to 10 minutes. And it's, it's so wonderful. Uh, one of the the last things I wanted to mention, but there's still more here. Um, I, you know, obviously Moonbule started a YouTube channel called Moonbule Da. Like, how cool is that? Um, it's it's very down to earth, and it, it it seemed really intimate. You know, it's like a conversation. And I haven't watched every video um, by now. I think she has like three, four, maybe even five videos up. Um, at least three that I'm aware of. But uh, so I might be overselling that. But I've I've seen the intro uh, only. I haven't, seen, I haven't circled back and seen anything else. So I'm sorry, uh, listener, you're more, uh, ahead of me than I, I mean, again, didn't I just not say there's a lot of content? Like, you know, let me, let me catch my breath. <laughs> but, um, but from the opening, like the inaugural, uh, video that kind of started the whole channel, I definitely watched that actually a couple of times. I, and it, it made me realize that I'm, I'm still trying to get to know Moonbule and, um, you know, and there is a lot of content that I still need to go through. Um, but my sense of it is that, you know, there aren't actually a lot of opportunities to get to, you know, just get her perspective. So, uh, I know, you know, there's, she has her own V lives and again, I'm still trying to get to those. Um, but, and then, but separate from that, there's, you know, she may have, you know, like the behind the scenes for her solo stuff. Um, but then other than that, like she has studio moon night, but that's a platform where she's a host and she's literally hosting others. So the, the attention is on others, right? Uh, Mamamoo TV, you know, but she's in a group setting, even if they may have clips on her, but you know, it's in a group setting, the soccer stuff. I mean, she's part of a team, uh, so on and so forth. So I, I actually like this for Moonbyal, like for her, you know, where we could just focus on just her. And honestly, I, I, I need to do more of that and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so in, in that, uh, first video that I watched, I mean, she's kind of giving me like upperclassmen about to show me the ropes type of vibes, <laughs> like, almost like your favorite teacher's assistant, you know, in grad school or something. And that kind of sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and she called it Moonbyoli Da. So, um, you know, she has taunted and trolled Solar about this for years. I mean, literally the longest time ever. And and because uh, Solar's YouTube is called Solar Shido, 
and uh, over the years, she's always uh, teased Solar about, you know, starting her own channel called Moonbule Da. And, and here we are. She did it. It was just crazy. Um, so, but I know, and I, I know they've talked about it, but even when it came out, like I saw it and I was like, I know she got Solar's green light. Cause you know, because after all the teasing, she would never, ever do it if Solar was not okay with it. Right. In a way it is kind of paying uh, homage to the path that Solar carved out, you know, in terms of, you know, setting the blueprint for her and all the girls in order to have a YouTube channel, crafting content, and then having another viable stream of income. So I think it's a good little hat tip to Solar, the fact that Moonbule is Moonbule Da. I mean, I think it's, it's wonderful. Uh, and it's a good look. So, you know, yes, I did like, and yes, I did subscribe. And then the, the last thing I wanted to mention was, you know, just a, a nice, special, warm, um, happy birthday to Moonbule. Uh, I know her birthday was December the 22nd, I believe. Uh, so she's a December baby. December is her season, as she likes to say. And I think she just turned 30 uh, years old by her Korean age. Um, so, you know, I just love, you know, being online around and out and about that day on social media and, and kind of seeing all the tribute cams and the posts and everybody was sending her well wishes and stuff. Uh, I did see the birthday merch. I think she had, what did she have? Like a, um, it was like a coin, a flat coin, like a circular coin that had the M as, as a symbol. Uh, with like a little bit of a chain link going on. Uh, and I think it was in gold, right? Um, so uh, I know somebody was summarizing the 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 birthday merch, but in 2021 you had, um, Wien had the silver ear cuff, and then Solar had a gold bracelet, Wasa had the silver ring, and then now Moonbill had basically a gold brooch. So I thought that was cool. Um, and... <laughs> They were talking about, you know, there there were some comments there that talked about, uh, on Twitter that talked about how the Wisa merch is in silver and the Moonstone merch is in gold. Uh, and that, you know, it just kind of goes into the folklore of, you know, Mama Boo being composed of two pairs of soulmates. And, you know, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously, they're always on the same wavelength because here you had you know, the colors and styles were kind of uh, matching. So uh, JD Sonic 18 talked about, you know, um, the with the with this year's birthday merch, they do, do not stray from each other. You know, the color and the styles are all the same. Um, silver and round for Wisa, and then gold and chain-like for a moon sun. So I thought that was cute. All right, so that concludes Moonbule portion of this episode. And I just want to say Moonbule, Luna, you know, can I call you that? <laughs> I just want to say, Moonbeal, I love you so much. You worked so hard on this comeback. The comeback was great. I particularly love Lunatic, um, and I think it's wonderful. I loved everything about that. Um, I'm going to dig even deeper into the album and continue to listen, continue to support. Um, and uh, again, I applaud you in everything that you've done. Excellent job. All right. So let's talk about Solar, Miss Ma'am over here. Um, so first thing, I want to say congratulations to Solar. Solar won Best Entertainer Award at the 2021 KBS Entertainment Awards. Uh, this was, you know, in recognition of her appearances on uh, New Singer as well as uh, Boss in the Mirror. And I really liked her speech. I mean, it was, it was simple and heartfelt. Um, and I was happy overall to see that she's getting recognized, right? Um, I mean, again, I know she's already recognized by Moomoo's and fans alike, but the general public, I mean, she's just out there. Um, I, I loved that she looked so fierce in that red dress. So I saw a photo of her and other people comment on this as well, but there was a photo of her sitting in the audience and, you know, it was the, the red really stood out uh, amongst like the black tuxedos and the white dresses and stuff like that. So again, more than a few people praised Solar for standing out and being unique, which again is basically that Mamamoo brand at this point. 
Um, but solar really, really looked beautiful um, that night, and it was it was a good look overall. And again, I'm, I've said it before in this episode. I'm going to say it probably five more times, but I love the shoulder-length hair on solar. And I don't know what it is, but lately she's been like glowing from like the inside. Like she she really projects someone who is happy and, and confident in herself. And it's, it's a good look she carries with herself all the time. So, and others see it too. So there's an episode of So She Do with the female rapper Lee Young-ji, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but Lee Young-ji. And at one point, uh, the guest, you know, Lee, Lee, Lee Young-ji uh, said to Solar, she's like, you look so happy right now. You look like you're so satisfied with life. And I was like, yes. Um, you know, I, 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 I agree. And, and also one thing that's been making Solar happy recently is moving into her new house. Yay. Uh, so Solar, um, uh, gave a new house tour of her, uh, flat, uh, and it was just really cool overall. So, um, actually quick question, uh, for that I'm still trying to, uh, struggle with is, you know, cause I know recently, uh, the solar was in the news for buying a building, right? So did we ever confirm that the, the, her new apartment is actually in the building that she bought? Um, you know, was this building, uh, was a building that she bought intended for residential property or was it something else? I'm not sure. Anyways. Um, and I know I need to look that up, but my sense of it is that it is the same building and, you know, but we never know with a, a enterprising young here, um, because, you know, she's out here playing chess while folks are just, you know, trying to keep up. Um, but anyway, so the house tour in and of itself, I thought it was very good. It's very, I like simple things. I thought it was very simple. You know, she lives there with her sister and I love the high ceilings of the, uh, place. Um, and you know, like I really liked her room. So even though we only got a short view of it, you know, it was like green, it it was like a flash of green, you know, and, and wood accents. I think she had an oval mirror and a guitar. She has a plants. I mean, actually it popped against the white aesthetic that she was doing with everything in her room and in, in the uh, common areas. So I really liked that. And I thought it was interesting about the, the ceiling fan. <laughs> like I never noticed it before, but I, I can't recall too many homes I've seen kind of through these variety shows in South Korea where they had ceiling fans. So, I mean, it was kind of, sh- I'd never noticed it before. So it was, it was kind of shocking because, you know, where I'm from, everybody has a ceiling fan. <laughs> not even a big deal. Um, and honestly, I have a ceiling fan, but I usually have it turned off because I don't like, I mean, wind inside. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. There's a time and place, but you know, if I'm like sitting watching a movie, I don't want all that wind on me. Um, so if I do have it on, it might be on, might be on the low setting, but you know, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on that, uh, in the future and see as I'm watching South Korea TV shows, if I see ceiling fans of all things, right? And then I, I, I like that it's their space and they did what they wanted to do in like such a practical way. Like, you know, um, there was a part where Solar was talking about, you know, filling in the tile uh, with black uh, grout. I think that's the right word. Um, I mean, and that comment was just so real because like, you know, and she said, look, I don't want, you know, she knows that even when you keep it clean, it's still going to look gingery. And she's like, I don't want to see all that. <laughs> And honestly, that's some shit I would say. Um, so, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. So uh, so I, I, I like that she, Solar is always keeping it real. And then I also liked uh, that she, they turned the master bedroom into a dressing room. I mean, the priorities, right? I love that. So you, it's like they, they have now an extra large walk-in closet. And it's actually giving me ideas. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, the, only, the only downside I can think is that there's no guest rooms available, right? So if you have a guest over, they got to like, 
crash on the couch or sleep with you and they don't have their own area. Unless, I mean, we didn't go into that room. Maybe there's a futon in the back behind the racks, right? But that's the, to me, that's the only downside in that situation is like they don't have a guest room. Um, and then what if your guests are like a married couple or something like that? Like, where do they go? So it's just a whole thing. Um, but uh, overall, I love the new pad and I'm happy for Solar because, you know, she seems very comfortable in her space. And that's what I like to see. You know, like she works hard. She also needs a space that makes her happy. You know, good for her and her sister. And just circling back, so I just want to give um, Solar a, a little bit of a high five around the popularity of her Solar Shido uh, YouTube channel. So according to the Solar Shido Global, you know, as of December 30th, uh, 2021, uh, Solar Shido was, is one, uh, she ranks five in, the, in terms of the most subscribed K-pop female soloists on YouTube in history. Again, Solar's at rank number five at 3.3 million followers. Uh, rank number four is Rosé from Blackpink uh, she with 3.5 million followers. Rank number three is IU with 7.2 million followers. So there's actually like a, almost like a double gap between uh, the third and fourth place. So IU sitting at 7.2 million followers and Rosé has 3.5 million followers. And then uh, in the, the two spot is Jenny from Blackpink. She has 7.5 million followers. And then the number one spot uh, in terms of the most followed K-pop female soloist on YouTube is Lisa with 9.4 million uh, followers. So again, number one, Lisa is 9.4 million. And then number five is a solar of 3.3 million. But again, she's up there. So again, at the top five, right? Lisa, Jenny, IU, Rosé, and Solar Shido. And again, of those, Lisa, Jenny, Rosé have a powerhouse entertainment company in the form of YG behind them, right? Um, and then Solar Shido, I don't know much about IU and how, uh, you know, what's behind um, the production of her YouTube channel, but I know for a fact Solar Shido started from scratch <laughs> and she just built that up, you know, brick by brick. So good for her. And again, I want to shout out Solar for all the hard work building up her channel. And again, I haven't been able to watch all of her videos, but from what I have seen, I have been entertained uh, and Solar is truly a joy to watch in any format. So, and I love her style. It's very unique. So, I mean, real talk. So good for her. I think it's great. Um, and uh, just moving right along. So uh, Solar also had a collaboration song with a gentleman named MC Mong, M-O-N-G. Uh, and the song is called Bubble Love. So to me, I listened to this song on Spotify. Um, Solar sounds great. Um, so not sure if I'm a fan of the song itself, though. <laughs> it's not my personal preference in terms of sound, but I, I did give it a few streams on Spotify, definitely. Um, and it, it does look like a remake. I mean, I think the original or the initial song actually came out in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, by MC Gong himself. Uh, and, the, and the track... Uh, with Solar is on the 2021 EP called 20th Anniversary Edition Dark Hole. So I think it's great that, and it speaks to how well um, lauded and respected uh, Solar is and uh, Mamamoo in general, but Solar specifically here is like, I mean, the way I envision it is like basically you have an OG who had a, probably a, a very popular song back in the day and he was doing a, a remix kind of legacy album. This is the 20th anniversary legacy album, right? And he, you know, put a modern twist on it. And he brought in um, artists uh, that are popping today, right? So I feel like it's it should be, and I'm sure uh, Solar counted it as a great honor to be chosen, right? And to be, you know, added onto the song. So, uh, and, and again, definitely, again, I gave it a few listens. It definitely sounds that way. It has like an older vibe to it. Uh, and, and I did enjoy it, like I said, in the moment. But again, is it on a playlist? Mm, not, probably not. Last thing I want to mention for Solar uh, is... 
that she did a two-week stint as a guest DJ on the radio. So I think it was Solar's Dream Radio, um, and the listener's nickname is Aeyong, which is a short form of baby and yong yong, <laughs> Aeyongs. Um, and I, I actually did see a few clips of this. Um, and what, what struck me is that she, you know, through, throughout her time, and it was very short, it pat, like I, I think I blinked and it was over. I was like, really? It's been two weeks already? But what really struck me was how super honest and genuine Solar is. Um, like when she answers questions from whether it be from listeners or even uh, guests, you know, she was always, you know, very good, but also very frank and honest. I mean, I saw her interacting with some group. I don't sorry. I don't know the name of the group, but uh, and it was a girl group. But they were they were asking if they could call her Unni, you know, uh, and her response was that they can call her anything. They can call her. Hey, <laughs> and she would respond. And honestly, I think she was being serious. You know, like a lot of celebrities say that, but, you know, they don't mean it. But she was, uh, you know, if you just call her, don't call her out her name, I think she would be cool with it, right? So she's a celebrity, she's a K-pop idol, but she's also so grounded and, and down to earth, and I really like that. Um, and again, it's the Mama Moo way. And I always say this, every time I talk about solar, I have to say this, you know, and I think as a leader, you know, the, the Mama Moo way is a result of her influence. I mean, I'm just going to say it over and over again. Solar is the best leader, and I, I always feel the need to give her her flowers um, around the, her impact on the girls. And I always feel that need to give it to her now and every time I speak on her because, you know, I feel like it takes a strong sense of character uh, to make it in this business, just, you know, number one. And and to make it but also still maintain your core values in, in terms of who you are and being authentic to yourself and, and then to lead others and make sure that they don't lose their way is nothing short of amazing. And, and, and again, we see the other members are flourishing they're out here shining, you know, and, and, and being stars. Right. Um, and I know solar has to take some pride in that. I mean, obviously they did it themselves, you know, so I'm talking about Moonbill, Huyen and Hwasa, they did it themselves, but solar has always been the guardian, right? The shepherd, the leader along the way. So I just want to say, I love solar and I'm looking forward to her album this year. And um, in her YouTube live, she did mention that she's currently right now preparing songs, writing so her own songs. And just, ugh, I cannot wait. I, I think it would be hopefully in the February, March time frame. Um, and, you know, Solar, I love you. All right, bye. Okay, so that closes out Solar. Uh, again, she's kind of had a little bit of a quiet time. Uh, but I totally think um, Solar-focused um, things will be ramping up. Uh, it, it's in, as far as music uh, goes, we'll be ramping up sometime very in the near future. Um, and I can't wait. Uh, so next up is, you know, and last but not least is the maknae of the group, Hwasa. I personally am still in a euphoric bliss after her uh, Guilty Pleasure album drop, uh, which was so, 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 so great. Since we last caught up um, with her on the pod, you know, she was making her rounds in terms of finishing out her Guilty Pleasure PR. She did a ton of fan signs. Um, you know, throughout, you know, just finishing out uh, the month of December, you know, so Music Korea, Megstar, Dear My Muse, uh, My Music Taste. Um, and actually, I actually, I bought an additional album. So I, I bought like four of these albums, you know, to kind of put my uh, hat in the ring uh, so that I could try to get selected. But ultimately, I was unsuccessful. And, but that's okay, because I actually got a little bit of anxiety around it, like, you know, which kind of shocked me, actually, you know, my anxiety was around like, what if I actually do get picked <laughs> to talk to Wasa? Like, oh my God, uh, what would I say? You know, that hasn't already been said, right? 
and what would I need, you know, to do in terms of like, would I need to create signs, right, with the Korean language on them? And then how do I know that the Korean language translation was actually correct? So, you know, like, I, yo, I was going through it and, 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 uh, and I was nowhere near even being able to actually do it. Like I, there, I was never close to ever getting uh, a FaceTime with Hwasa, but so can you imagine, you know, if I actually did, I'd be like a bumbling mess. Like, oh my gosh, because I was freaking out with just the idea of meeting Hwasa. So, and so I feel like it was probably just the universe telling that I was not ready yet <laughs> because who. <whew. laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was, I mean, again, when I talked about uh, writing the fan letter and being like a big kid about it because of the opportunity, like I had that same kind of uh, thoughts in my head when I was like, okay, let me buy a new album because that means I'm going to meet Wasa. And of course, you know, it's delirious. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then she did some more Apple Music stuff um, uh, uh, th- again throughout uh, December. It was really cool to see all the clips that people posted, you know, hype uh, Hwasa's, we know is super cute she always presses her face like right up against the camera like um and and i'm gonna do it sorry to anybody who hates asmr but she also like talks really close to the microphone of whatever phone she's talking in like it's just so crazy (laughs) sorry uh sorry about that but yeah but that's how wasa talks so you know to me like she'll have like it'll be like eyeball and and maybe like a nostril (laughs) And then her lips. Oh, did y'all see her lick her lips, you know, for one of the fans? Like, oh, my gosh. I think it was during one of the Apple Music signs. And, of course, I watched it twice. So I'm not going to lie. I watched it twice. But then I had to move on with my life because, you know, <laughs> she was she was really feeling herself that day, that day. And, like, I love to see it. But, again, I also could not watch it more than twice. I watched it twice. Maybe three times, but I watched it. It was a very small amount. Of all the things I, I repeat watch, you would think I would watch that a lot. But no, I only watched it like tw- two or three times. And then I, I just went on about my business, you know. <laughs> I am proud of me. Um, but yeah, so, um, I, oh, and I did like, so in these fan signs, I did like uh, seeing her responses when people try to call her a bear. <laughs> so um all the members you know they have a few symbols uh, associated with them uh so Hwasa she's known to be a lion um and there's because it's uh, harkening back to a Christmas event back in the day where she had a she was wearing like a headband and I think the headband had like cat ears or something but when she was doing like a dance move she did like you know and drop and pick it back up right so she like whips her head back and forth and her hair got caught in the um headband and she had no idea and, you know, and so for the whole set, you know, she finished the set, the whole stage, she comes off the stage, everybody's looking at her funny, she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And, and come to find out, I mean, so her hair getting caught in the headband, it actually looked like a lion's mane that was just kind of fanning out from her face. And, and over the years, you know, she's, she's also had stuffed animals that have been lions because it's, it's kind of like her avatar now. And, and I think she's also a Leo, her birthday's in, in July, so she's a Leo, the lion. Anyways. Um, but recently fans have been calling her a bear and I think it started from, hmm, actually I'm not sure where it started from, but my, my, my guess is that it started from the Tommy Hilfiger behind the scenes campaign where, um, she was walking through some of their racks and she started talking about a coat and she said, Teddy Bell, (laughs) it's like, it's the most adorable thing you'll ever hear. Um, if you haven't heard her say Teddy Bear or attempt to say Teddy Bear, 
it's she says it with her accent and it's just it's adorable so uh so add on to the the way she pronounces teddy bale Bale, i can't even say it right but teddy bale uh in the in addition to that she also just normally i think she wears oversized clothing you know she's always with like a bucket hat and just looks that look cuddly like a teddy bear uh so fans have started calling her a teddy bear (laughs) i can't even do it um and she cannot stand it (laughs) i mean it's tongue-in-cheek uh but on the fan signs she gets faux outrage right she's like no no you know, not a bear, sexy, right? And she tries to do like a sexy pose to prove it. Uh, but at this point, you know, she has nothing to prove. I mean, <laughs> she's, we always, we obviously know that she's sexy, but but just the way she says no to teddy bears and yes to lions and sex A. Uh, and, and her, even her no in, in all caps, right? Her no is cute. Um, so, you know, and her reaction to being called cute was just cute right so she like during one of her fan signs i think somebody asked her what her mbti was and she goes infp right and again she's super proud of that and then a fan was like oh you sure it's not c-u-t-e and she's like what now (laughs) and she like looks off to the side there's like somebody off camera probably like her manager or maybe a, a translator or something and explains to her that the person just spelled out the word cute, like C-U-T-E. And she, she, this is the look on her face where she, she gets it. She, like, rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, no. And then she's like, she really <laughs> – it's so great. If you find that clip, again, I think it's from the um, Apple Music uh, maybe A fan sign that Wasa did. Uh, or maybe that was the one where she licked her lips. I don't know if it was the same one, but somewhere in there, I think she's talking about, you know, uh, cute versus sexy and she has her face in the camera and stuff. So I think it was just really, uh, cute. Um, but if it wasn't that, uh, my apologies, I'm sorry. I don't want to send you on like a wild goose chase. I think the Apple music, a fan sign was for the licking of the lips. I'm not sure which fan sign was for, um, you know, her getting pissed off at being called cute. <laughs> But it's circulated around. I think if you probably even type in like Wasa and cute fan sign or something like that, it'd probably pop up right away. Um, but yes, yeah, so just I just want to say shout out to everybody who had a chance to talk to Wasa during the fan signs and also for sharing afterwards. Because I feel like through these, as with all the members, I feel like through these, we actually learn more about the members themselves. And it's good to see them kind of like, you know, uh, responding to things off the cuff. Another thing that was really cool was the, uh, so Wasa did, she finally remembered, right, that she had a YouTube account and she posted some new clips. And one of them was a, a Jingle Bell Rock song cover uh, where she was acting a damn fool. I loved it. <laughs> so again, I'm going to say it like she's just C-U-T-E. She's just so cute. Um, and in this one, she was the Lady Grinch. Um, which is just so zany or, or whatever. And I don't know what it is with Wasa and these costumes that just cover up her whole self. Like, again, she was Chewbacca around Christmas. And before that, I guess she was, you know, the, the Lady Grinch. And then when she was dancing in the doll, her, her Wasa doll fell. Like, that was just pure comedy. I'm sorry, but that was hilarious. Um, and I just definitely had, I know she had a good time, but I definitely had a good time watching it overall. And she just looked fresh faced and cool. And I, I still, to this day, I love her new apartment. It's just, it's really, really cool. Moving right along, next up for Hwasa is um, her Turk Kids appearance. Now, this is different from the Kizzle Kid thing that um, we did. This is Turk Kids. So T-U-R-K-I-D-S show. Honestly, I had never heard of it. Um, 
so this is my first time seeing the host in the format of the show. Wasser, though, she looked super at ease, you know, which I think, and they seem familiar with each other, even though, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think, I think this was like their first time meeting each other, like, really. Um, so I was very impressed with this dude who was hosting this Tur Kids um, show. And I mean, to get to be able to get guests so comfortable so quickly, I mean, to me is definitely an art, and especially for folks that are so shy and, and normally reserved as Mama Moo members when they're out and separate and apart from their members. Um, so, I mean, it was great. And, and what an interview it was. Like, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, it's funny as shit. <laughs> I mean, it's on par with, uh, Jesse's show interview in terms of how crazy and, and, and chaos. I mean, it's, it's absolute chaos, uh, when, in uh, Hwasa, uh, was the guest basically. So, you know, at one point, you know, Hwasa's nail flipped off because she, you know, and she almost like peed herself laughing about it. Um, and then, you know, and when Pasa laughs hard, she laughs hard. And so it was, I mean, it was just really good to see. She was also sassy as hell. Like, I mean, the, the host guy, you know, um, asked her like why she came, right. Or something like that. And she responded like she was going to, she's actually looking forward to dropping an album next year, but his show may be canceled by the time that happens. So she decided to come now. And I was like, burn. I loved it, and and of course he wasn't expected. I don't I, mean, I don't think anybody was expecting it. She just had the zingers. It was great, um, and then uh, they were playing like an over under uh, numbers like guessing game. I forgot the, the the full setup, but she had guessed ten and she was wrong, and then she guessed eight and she was wrong, and he was giving her the over under right. So she kind of knew she was she just knew that the right answer was nine, right? <laughs> and then he and then she was wrong again, <laughs> and come to find out that the correct number actually had a decimal place to it. So like when I tell you the the look on her face at that moment where she realizes that she had been kind of hoodwinked, like she wanted to kick his ass, <laughs> but she was also very impressed, right? You know, it was almost like touche. <laughs> and then I don't know, I forget the exact words, but she basically said she was fucking annoyed, right? Like out loud. And then like the whole staff erupts and uh, it was just a great moment, and I loved her. I love her, like, sassy, bitchy, kind of fun side. I mean, it comes out with the members all the time, but to see it with a non-member um, because, uh, was just a treat because you don't normally see that level of comfort with folks that are essentially, you know, outsiders to the Mama Moo click, right? Uh, so it's very rare, and uh, when I uh, see it, uh, as with instances like this, I'm just very thankful overall. So check it out on YouTube. Uh, just search Hwasa and Turkids, the T-U-R-K-I-D-S, uh, and... Uh, it should come right up. It's about like a 14-minute clip, and it does have English subs. Uh, so if you need a laugh, uh, uh, please laugh with and at Wasa uh, as she's laughing her ass off in the clip. This clip is for you. Uh, please enjoy it. So just a few more quick points that I wanted to uh, uh, talk about for Hwasa. Yo, so Hwasa did a V-Live. And I missed it. <laughs> like, do you guys see a theme here? I'm missing everything. I did see the Yongkong Byokong uh, YouTube Live, so I'm happy about that. And I saw a few other things, but I missed the Wasa V Live. Damn it! Um, and, I mean, honestly, it must have been like 5 a.m. for me. And, again, I I wake up super early, but I usually wake up at like 6-something. Uh, but 
Um, I missed it. Anyways, a fan on Twitter or maybe even the V Live itself, they noticed that she does a V Live on the same date each year. So I think it's twelve twenty nine, so December the twenty ninth every year, and she usually comes on after maybe it's the NBC Awards. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, to say that she, you know, recently she's been going on to say that she forgot to mention the Moomoos. <laughs> and I mean, I'm halfway joking, but it's been a theme uh, for her. Um, uh, but she said that she tried to do it the day before, um, but she couldn't. It was like something about logging in with her personal account. And she didn't want to do that. So uh, she had to have like one of her, I think her manager come and fix it. And of course they did it in like two minutes. So this year, it was, I think her V Live uh, happened on uh, December the 30th. Um, and I did wa- go back and watch the whole thing and it's like an hour or more of her kind of putting her face right in the camera and like, or just staring at us. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I, w- I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I absolutely love her face. I love It's like, look at those cheeks. It's like, look at those cheeks. You know, I, <laughs> I got that off of TV and I did that with my nieces all through while they were growing up and now they're like grown and, um, I still do it. Like, look at those cheeks. Uh, anyways, I want to do that with Wasa too. <laughs> One day. Um, but one thing I thought was cute was that, um, you know, she uh, re- she's has that awareness of how serious she's been, you know, and it seems like she's now kind of self-conscious about it. Um, so out loud, she now ponders, you know, that that she needs to do a brighter concept for her album next year. But then, so she says that, no sooner does she say that, than like literally, and I'm not even joking, but literally like five minutes later, you know, she's responded to a question uh, about movie recommendations, and she recommends Don't Look Up, <laughs> which is basically about the destruction of life on Earth. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So, and it like her whole body perks up, and she starts talking about how she would spend like her last moments on the planet if it actually were going to be hit by an asteroid. And I had to laugh because. Uh, she was just talking about bright concepts and and then proceeds to essentially game out what her last moments of life would be uh, like before her fiery death via asteroid. <laughs> oh, I love Hwasa, man. Like she she is a character. It is it's absolutely hilarious to watch. Um, and like so. I, so I was listening to this and, and I, I kind of, I wanted to facepalm in that moment because it was, it was awesome, but it was just, it was so endearing overall. Like she's uh, my ultimate bias, like in every K-pop group, everything I see, you know, uh, Mamamoo is at the top, but uh, you know, my ultimate bias is uh, Hwasa. She's the one that brought me into Mamamoo a little bit here because um, she caught my eye first. And, um, you know, things like this just make me love her more because, you know, the answer itself was just absolutely cute. And it was kind of touching, too, because she said she would actually try to spend her last moments kind of, you know, quietly in self-reflection. But then she was like, you know, if there's self-service, right, because, you know, self-service is probably the first thing that goes because of, you know, radiation and interference and stuff like that. Um, but she's like, if she does have self-service, she would try to go on V Live one last time to talk to Moomoo's and try to comfort them um, before they all, you know, got God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, I mean, really, how cute is that? So, uh, and then mind you, so after that, I actually watched Don't Look Up on her recommendation, but also like my mom, she texted me about it. So I had kind of, to me, between my mom and, and Hua, so I was like, you know what, I need to watch this. Uh, so, um, and I, I did feel the need to watch it because Hwasa mentioned it. So the Hwasa effect was definitely in full effect. And and it's a good movie. Like, I thought it was very, very, very funny uh, until it wasn't. <laughs> so. 
So, um, and Fawcett mentioned that she loved the cast, which included uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and it seems like she really likes uh, Meryl Streep. I mean, who doesn't? But you know, she really, really likes Meryl Streep, and I didn't know that about her. So that was interesting uh, thing I learned there. Um, but she didn't mention him, but there's also the guy, and I looked it up, his name is Himesh Patel, who plays Jennifer Lawrence, if you've seen the movie, he plays Jennifer Lawrence's uh, boyfriend in the movie. So Himesh Patel is also, though, the dude that played the lead role in that film called Yesterday, um, which is basically about like a struggling artist uh, that hits his head, and he wakes up in a world where the Beatles don't exist. So his character kind of recreates the Beatles discography. And he gets obviously super, super famous off of the lie. So the whole movie is about what happens to him as he kind of fears, you know, getting found out. Um, it's a very good film. And it was another film that I watched on uh, Hwasa's recommendation. So because I think she had a, another V-Live or some segment where she was talking about it. Uh, so that so when I was watching Don't Look Up, I actually recognized that dude. And I know for a fact Hwasa recognized that dude, too. So like the whole cast is, is people that she does like. So, you know, and, and I was sitting there and I had my own kind of full circle Hwasa effect moment because, you know, I was just, just picture me pointing at the screen, like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> I was like, there, Hey, that dude, I know that dude. Right. Um, anyway, I say all that to say that I trust, uh, Hwasa's taste and everything. So if she mentions something, uh, I, and, and I'm sure a lot of people will probably check it out. It, whether it ultimately ends up being for me or not, I'll probably check it out, you know, at least one time. Right. Um, so, and now I now know that Hwasa does a V live every year, December 29th. So unless she has technical difficulties and ends up doing it the next day. So next year, I'm going to be ready. All right. I think I just have like one or two more, uh, things to mention for Hwasa. And one of them is the FOMO visual video. Uh, so I watched that, that dropped on our YouTube channel, I believe. Uh, and it was directed by Park Woo Song himself. I mean, isn't that amazing? I loved it. So I watched the, the video and I could tell I really liked it because it actually made me enjoy the song itself, which I already liked a lot. Um, it, it made me like the song even more. And I, I, I mean, overall, I like the misfits slash kind of underground aspect of this concept and I like the black and white as well as like even when it turned to colors like muted colors like the the dark navies and stuff like that and I like the play with light I thought it was really good um so at one point there's like a shard of light that comes from like a warehouse window and it casts her in a spotlight almost you know where she looks very singular and, and very good to me this was very uh, similar imagery to the LMM uh, dingo music video uh or music performance excuse me and to me, that's to this day is one of my absolute performances from Hwasa. So, so Hwasa in that Dingo music performance of LMM, uh, she actually has a, a lone spotlight shining down on her, and she goes through like the whole song. And then at, toward the end of the song, you know, she she starts kneeling down onto the floor, and you could see kind of she kind of uh, how do I explain? It? She she curves into herself like almost like a, a protective cocoon uh, that is her at the time she's wearing like a poofy skirt and. Her back is bare and the song like ends that way. And since the song itself is all about vulnerability and flourishing in the face of adversity, I mean, you know, the, the, I think the refrain or this line is, you know, flowers still bloom in rain, right? It is visually stunning. 
and and I try not to use the word stunning unless I really mean it because it's like one of my power words or whatever. But this pose during that LMM uh, again Dingo music, it was just stunning. And and she uh, to me, I feel like she's making an allusion to that same visual here, uh, and maybe it's even a message as well uh, for the FOMO visual video. So when we last talked about uh, Hwasa and the Guilty Pleasure album, it was like the last episode of this pod. Um, we were talking about Guilty Pleasure as a continuation of Maria, basically exploring an alternate universe uh, along the same themes, right? So I think we saw I'm a Bee as a direct continuation of Maria, uh, title track. I wonder if uh, FOMO is a direct continuation of LMM, but skewed, right? In a mode that is kind of that alternate guilty pleasure path, right? So stay with me. Here, here I, I, did, I looked it up, the lyrics, the English lyrics, and I, I'm going to make a few comparisons here because I, 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 this is my kind of working uh, theory. I may be a clown later, but this is my theory. So let, let, me, let me just lay it out for you and you can, you know, uh, take shots at it, you know, uh, as needed. But here we go. So in LMM, you know, Hwasa in the lyrics, she says this, and I'm not going to put melody to it. I'm just going to read it straight. She says, like the world is going to end, the sun sets into the long darkness it feels like we're going to get thrown away. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> so, and then she, it goes, even if we try to take more, we're still just hanging around in the same place. So those are the LMM lyrics. And again, it's associated with a Maria album. And that is the, along the lines of when Maria chooses the path of good, right? So when she chooses the path of good, you know, she's in her feelings and, you know, it's, it is, uh, very vulnerable and, and emotional. So if my theory is correct, then FOMO is the, the bitchy opposite of that coin. <laughs> so, you know, so let's check the lyrics for FOMO. And again, I'm just going to read them straight. So in FOMO, she's saying, uh, leave your worries. Let me chase the night. Ain't no reason to stay behind. I won't stay around. So you'll come and get it. Better now, better now. So again, re recap in LMM, she's all like, you know, the sun sets and into the darkness, it feels like we're going to be thrown away and it feels like we're just hanging around in the same place. And then the flip side of that is here goes FOMO and it's basically like, leave your worries. Let me chase the night. <laughs> and there's no reason to stay behind. I'm not going to stay around. I'm not even basically saying she's not going to hang around in the same place. Right. So to me, whereas LMM, you know, Kwasa was in her feelings, I think FOMO is continuing that same thread, but looking at this, the same situation, but from like a more empowered stance. Um, and again, I may be a clown, but uh, that is my theory. And I think she's leading us uh, to the same thoughts, kind of by using the same end pose of her crouching down on the floor in the spotlight for both LMM and FOMO. So it's kind of like that good versus evil we see it uh, all again. So to me, the, the song, Maria, um, is the good and it tracks with I'm a bee, which is like the evil path, uh, kind of two sides of the same coin. Again, I'm putting forth that LMM ties with FOMO. So kind of the good and, you know, vulnerable emotional versus the FOMO, like, you know, F you and your feelings, right? <laughs> and then by deduction, and this is just my guess here. And again, I, again, I might be totally wrong, but that's the fun of it. Um, by deduction, I think twit, the song ties with bless you. Um, so my prediction uh, is that if we actually get a visual for Bless You, uh, it will have the same imagery 
from twit, but somehow like skewed in a way that it's like the empowered inverse of it uh, in terms of what she gave us with twit, like almost, you know, perfect offices or like bookends or whatever. So that's my theory. That's my prediction. And let's see. All right, so that wraps up Hwasa. Um, I think the only thing I just wanted to mention just very briefly, just to kind of close out her portion, is that she also, you know, dropped a commercial film for Tago M, T-A-E-G-O, capital M. Um, and I thought it was just awesome. I mean, Hwasa, she looks fashionable in everything that she does. And it's not like, oh, hey, I'm an IG model. Look at me. No, um, it's like she can give you full-blown major fashion house editorial spread and it's just light work for her you know it's very impressive to see and it's a, a yet another reason why I stand so I, I wanted to just touch on that mention it I, I like the styling uh, for that and I like the I like the feel of it it was like she's cool somebody had a, a, a full AU Twitter thread where it was like she was a, a cast a major character in like a, a sci-fi film or something <laughs> I mean it attracted I actually enjoyed it but I just wanted to mention that. It was, it was very good. Um, so, again, so that closes out Hwasa. And uh, so that closes out, really, the episode. I mean, we have gone on a 360 tour. Um, and part of the reason this was so long is because I had waited so long to, to record this. And it just kept building. I just picked, you know, <laughs> the wrong time to do it. And I, I wanted to, because I think of these podcast episodes as being uh, archives through my journey of Mamamoo and being a fan. Um, I definitely wanted to cover, you know, some of the stuff that even happened before Christmas uh, in this episode. So thank you for being, you know, patient with me and let me just kind of go off on a tangent here and there. Um, with that, I will, uh, you know, wrap up this episode. I just want to say as a final words, you know, I love Mama Moo. Like I really, really do. And they bring me so much joy. I think it was very cool to see that the members are involved in each other's solo activities. I also want to thank everybody so much for listening. Um, I'll be back in your feed in a few weeks to talk about Mama Moo and all their shenanigans. Uh, since the last time, right? Um, but in the meantime, please continue to support Moonbeal and Wien's comeback albums. Please continue to stream their music, uh, continue to interact with all the news articles, you know, and all their YouTube content and every, everything else that they're doing. Um, I wish for all of our girls, so Solar, Moonbeal, Wien, and Hwasa, I wish them nothing but the best in 2022. And I'm looking forward to um, seeing more and supporting them in any way that I can. So I hope you, dear listener, are, are taking care of yourself and that you, dear listener, have an amazing 22 as well. And again, thanks for listening. So until next time, y'all be easy.